Um, again, just bear with us for the rough start. Again, my name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I have a couple of special guests for this morning's um, discussion question, COVID-19 variants, more dangerous or more fear-mongering. Um, I have a returning guest, Jack Ponty, so thank you for being with us today. Um, definitely reached out to you. You are what I consider someone who I would say um, well knowledgeable about this whole idea of COVID. You've been uh, take a, a pretty deep dive, but I'll let you share with the audience a little bit about what you do in reference to this morning's show, and then Sharon will come to you next. Go ahead, uh, Jack. Again, thanks for being with us, and thanks for being with my technical difficulties this morning. No, no, no problem. Um, I've spent the better part of since the pandemic, uh, fortunately, inside of a group of probably the most intelligent minds I've ever seen, um, PhDs and everything from virology to epidemiology to neuroscience to um, nuclear biology and back and forth again. And that group has been responsible predominantly for all of the finds that have been hidden, um, for starting to shift the, the temperature back to the middle, um, for uncovering a lot of untruths, and for uh, doing research that no one's ever done before. Now, I love it. Um, Sean, first-time guest, um, representing the pseudo-killers, if you will. Um, if you will, can you give a um, couple thoughts in, in, you know, in reference to your background as far as this morning's discussion? And we're going to jump right in again, getting started a little late for anybody that just tuning in. Had a rough start this morning. We're going to make it happen. But thanks again, Sean, for being with us. Uh, no, no problem. Um, again, my name is Sean. I am a author of uh, Currently Cations. Um, I am a member of the Pseudo Killers, which is a research team, uh, the Kofi Paisai research team, and the Masa Warrior Clan. Uh, my primary focus is on, um, you know, I actually got a book on the said subject as well. Um, it's coming soon. I just haven't released it yet. Um, it's currently being edited. But that, that's pretty much my background. Uh, I am a primary researcher. I've been I've been following the pandemic for the last few years, uh, but I've actually been researching it longer than that. Uh, I had the privilege of being on a panel with a, bo- a bunch of frontline doctors and um, epidemiologists, immunologists, and virologists, uh, which I study from and uh, learning behaviors, and, and that's my focus. All right. Well, I appreciate that focus. Uh, we are at the at the point of our first break again, just kind of getting through this morning with the rough start. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and get this thing started and come back with our special guest for this morning's discussion question, COVID-19 variants, more dangerous or more fear. We're going to get into some origins. We're going to get into both of the different variants and just the different perspectives. As you can hear, we have people who are well-versed well-studied on this issue, and if you are a long-time listener to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, I, I love to, in a sense, bring people who know a little more than myself to the show so that we can get do a deep dive into these discussions. And then once we get started, we will open up the phone lines. But let's go to this first break. When we come back, we are going to get hot and heavy into this morning's discussion. We'll be right back. Well, all I ask is that you think. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good, it should be illegal. 
But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of Intelligent Radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. To, to, to be clear here, Fauci's response is, quote, it's totally consistent with the jump of a species from an animal to a human. A lot of other people said it's too early to even make that conclusion, but that, that was his response. Dayzak blames yeah. Fox News because a reporter had the gall to ask President Trump at the time about a theory about an intern who worked at the lab in Wuhan who may have leaked that um, uh, to the outside world. What do you think of that, David? Uh, God bless Fox News for caring at the time. Um, I mean, you know, we've only lost, you know, seven or eight million people in the world or something, according to The Economist, maybe 12. Uh, you know, this is a situation that that that, that, that defies gravity. It's really like a Salvador Dali painting where the clocks had melted and time has not stood still, if you think about it. I mean, um, the scientists have come out and said with definitive uh, uh, authenticity in their voice that they know where it came from, but there's no proof. I mean, what I saw in the government, I said, give me your file. I went to NIH, I went to CDC, I said, okay, let's have your file, I want the proof. They didn't have a file. They didn't, I mean, you know, I went to other intelligence agencies and they had a file. I mean, they said, well, we have suspicions that came out of a lab, this is why. Um, you know, we need to get to the bottom of this thing now. And I think uh, President Biden is on the right track because he's given 90 days suspense to do something uh, and, and look at, into this thing. But this is this is taking way too long. Can you imagine how many months has passed and we still don't know what happened? Yeah. Also, Dayzag admitted during that 60 Minutes interview that they took the Chinese for their word for it. I'm, I'm wondering why. You know, the, the Chinese well, I mean, fire, why, why would you do that? Just one more point. Uh, we've been told in the last three days that lab leaks happen all the time. But, but we, we've had epidemiologists on the air for 15 months. That was not something we heard a lot. And suddenly in the last four days, everybody's talking about it. I can understand that lab leaks happen. But why dismiss yeah. it so early on? Last comment. Unless he was prompted by somebody else to dismiss it. I mean, who knows? What do I, you mean, mean? I, I, I mean, I've seen... Well, I mean, I've worked in intelligence operations for a large part of my career. I mean, lots of people are told to do certain things, and they don't even necessarily know. Uh, they're, not, they're not actually paid. Who knows what this guy's motivations are? I mean, he was sending notes to Fauci in mid-January. So was a guy named Christian Anderson from Scripps Institute, who's very famous, who wrote the letter for Nature saying it couldn't have come out of Nature. And we found on February 1st yesterday that he wrote a letter to Fauci, uh, a note to Fauci, that said that this thing was lab-altered and it was genetically engineered. So can you trust these scientists? I don't trust these scientists right now. I trust our national lab scientists. I trust our Army scientists. I don't trust these paid-in-the-pocket by Chinese scientists. I'm Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, COVID-19 variants, more dangerous or more fear-mongering? Our special guest, Sean Phillips, as well as Jack Punty, were able to get Brother Unk on the line as well. 
Um, thank you, Brother Unk, for being back with us. Um, you are a part of the Pseudo Killers, and Sean's kind of giving a little bit of his background. But we're going to go ahead and keep this thing rolling because you are a returning guest. And um, just thanks for having you. Um, thanks for being on with us, King. Appreciate appreciate you having me on, man. Uh, peace to the panel. No, absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, we're going to go ahead and get started with the cut that we just heard. Um, Jack, I'm actually going to start with you, if you don't mind, brother, where um, we're just hearing a, a, basically a television cut in reference to the origins of this thing. So before we get into any of the variants and things of that nature, I wanted to definitely take some time to highlight um, what I would say some of your work in particular with the study that you've done as we hear, again, this cut from Fox News just talking about the origins. Uh, somebody has something in the background, if you can mute yourself. Um, if you got something in the background, just turn it out because it's coming through on the air. Okay. But uh, with that said, um, Jack, if you will, absolutely, what are your thoughts on just hearing that cut that kind of challenges the origin of the pandemic, of the virus, I should say, more, more or less? I mean, the first problem you're dealing with unilaterally across across the board <clears throat> is the pandemic's become politicized. Um, and it shouldn't be. So you have the zoonosis believers more shifted to the left and the lab leak believers more shifted to the right. Um, and I think that that's really a result of politics. Uh, furthermore, when you get into academia and scientists and so forth and so on, the idea of a lab leak threatens their income because the amount of funding, if you would take a look at funding and grants across academia, you'd be astonished. It's billions and billions and billions of dollars. So their fear is that their funding would be cut. Couple that with who they're protecting, or not necessarily protecting, but agreeing with who also controls the funding. Yeah such as NIAID, the NIH, so forth and so on, especially the NIH. So if the NIH says zoonosis and you're funded by the NIH, you're not going to challenge that because you can't take food off your table, right? So that's really the core of that understanding. Um, from a genomic perspective, purely looking at the genome, there is something radically wrong um, or unnatural they reference Christian Anderson in there, who we used to call Hans, as in the fairy tale guy, Hans Christian Anderson. And we battled him for months. Um, and pretty much he blew his hypothesis and theories to shreds because just from a primary biological standpoint, he was wrong. And if you look at the Freedom of Information Act Fauci emails, um, Eddie Holmes, who was suspect in this, Hans Anderson, who's a suspect in this, Lin Fo Wong, so forth and so on, their original reaction was, mm, this is not evolutionary correct. And then in a 48-hour period, they went from the evolution is fine, this is a zoonotic event. So that is a little bit of a curveball. Um, doesn't make a lot of sense purely if this, if this was a court of law this thing would be one on circumstantial evidence alone. But it's not. So that becomes another issue. Now, I appreciate those thoughts. 
Um, Brother Ankashan, from what I understand, um, again, y'all have been following and studying this thing for a long time. Um, the perspective, again, I've obviously talked to Jack in private, talked to you, both of you in private. And so y'all perspective is that it still at this point lines up. You know, you were, we we had a dialogue earlier in, earlier this uh, month where I was just saying kind of what you heard in the cut. If you recall, the cut said it was too early to come to that conclusion. So if you recall, when we were dialoguing, in a sense, that was my perspective at the time that they came out publicly. Uh, I think that's at the same time that um, – Jack's referring to the 48-hour period when it initially came out. I just said, you know, for my review of what little research I do, again, y'all do much more than I do, but I just said, how could he come out with it at this point? I don't think that is conclusive. And the one thing that I would like to say, and I'll definitely jump in at this point, um, I, I think regardless of which side you may land on this, I think we definitely need to say this up top before going any, any further, is that Nothing is scientifically conclusive at this point, similar to, as Jack said, in a sense, the circumstantial evidence may point one way or the other, but the scientific proof, nobody can say exactly what it is now. So I just wanted to kind of make sure I'm highlighting that. You know, I, I, would disagree with, I would disagree with that. Okay, maybe yep, yeah, a quick point that I'm going to go to. Yeah, um, there, there's no scientific proof. Of, yeah, go ahead. Thank you. You can go first, huh? Oh yeah, I'm. Uh, well, um, uh, welcome everybody, man. I'm hoping everybody having a great morning. So, I think what, what needs to happen is um, that when we speak in terms of science and the media and politics, there's need there needs to be a line drawn. So, uh, in the in the political arena and in the media, they make you seem as if it's actually two sides to the issue. They do it all the time. Even when they write articles uh, in the New York Times and they use scientific work, they never allow the scientists to title the article. So they're always hedging to the side that they want to fit, whether you got Fox News or CNN. The reality is in science, they pretty much have a good idea on where the virus came from. One example, when you go to the, to, to, to the city, Okay, and you go to the wet wet markets in Wunan, right? When they did their research, what they found was they found both variants. I hope I'm saying this right. They found the B117, right? Well, there's a B, then that means there's an A lineage, and they found both lineages there. So, you know, in studying of evolution and biological uh, evolution, you'll know that things have common ancestries. They found both of them in the Wunan lab. Not to mention there's a river, right, that runs down that beautiful city. And they found the cases on the east side of the river. Not only did they find cases on the east side of the river, they found that the cases crossed over. Not only did they find that the cases crossed over the river, they found the cases going towards the lab. Now, if this particular pathogen came out of the lab, you wouldn't find them moving towards the lab. You would find them moving away from the lab. And you wouldn't be able to find both lineages at the wet market. Now, are we saying that somebody ran around and, and put both lineages in that market? Because you have other wet markets, too, where they found the lineages, too. So the point I want to make here is that it's a $70 billion industry, these animals. Not to mention there's a swine flu going around that's actually decimating the pigs. 
And so during this same time in November, they couldn't even use pygmy. So they was exclusively dealing with the exotic animals. There's a lot of factors on the side that shows that this is a quote-unquote uh, arriving natural pathogen. pathogen. Go ahead, Sean. To add to, add to that, um, well, first, uh, the political point is uh, most of the time, like climate change, you have an art, a political argument over climate change. You have people on the right that believe climate change is not real. People on the left follow the scientists. You have a president, uh, a previous president, who was anti-science, and you have a incoming president or new uh, new president, sitting president, that is relying on the science. So it's always been a political game of trying to alleviate between what is what and what is not. As far as the science, right, the reason that people stalemate the lab leak is because of what I just said. And then there's the, you heard the word genome come out from Jack, right? So if the lab leak was a, uh, if the lab leak hypothesis, because it's just a hypothesis and we need to make that clear, if the lab leak was a theory, they would have evidence for the theory. Jack said earlier that the evidence has to point uh, points either one way or the other way, or he says it actually points in one way, and he was ready to make that argument, I would beg to differ because he does not have the gen- genomic evidence to prove the lab leak, all right, or to even subside and come to that conclusion. So we have to pay very close attention to the A lineage and B lineage, which was talked about, right, in in the papers, and then we can't diminish the perspective of viruses. We have to understand the history of viruses. As uh, biologists all know that these things just don't spun up and turn up. Where is the, uh, if it came out of a lab leak, we would have the evidence for that particular animals or that, let me say species, from which it came. Even with what we know today, we're more advanced than yesterday. So we have to compile all the evidence, but the reason we can't, we, we don't rule out certain things is because we have to be scientific in our endeavors and we have to collect all the data and then come to an honest conclusion, not a faulty conclusion, based on feelings, emotions, lack of facts, and um, conspiracy theories. Have either of you blasted the genome? I got you, Jack. Jack, I got you one quick. I just wanted just one quick question. Um, for my understanding, because I'm listening to you guys again, y'all study this more than me. So am I incorrect in thinking that people that are viewing this thing, that, that at this point, are they not both hypotheses? And I'm just asking for a simple clarity, and then, Jack, Jack you can answer that question for me. Are both of these um, viewpoints not both hypotheses? Because I just kind of felt like I heard one was a hypothesis and maybe one was a theory. Are they not both hypotheses at this point based on the evidence? Is that a, just a layman question for me? Yeah, you can answer that and go ahead into your thought if you don't mind. I just want to I'm clarity just, on I'm that. Cu- I'm, curi- I'm, curious if you, I'm curious if either of you gentlemen have blasted the actual genome. That's a question for me? Both of you, uh, please. Uh, yes, I have not blasted the genome because I'm not a scientist to blast the genome. I'm a science advocate. 
And what I do is okay, I rely on the experts. So I wouldn't have to actually blast the genome. But I do understand genomes, and we can go full okay, track. Then, because when you blast the genome, you have to explain the presence of the FCS, which could have been inserted to confer immunity uh, to SARS like COVID, but also to COVID with FCS such as MERS. And the FCS in SARS 2 has a highly CPG rich insertion, which is CGG, CGG, which is rare as a double instance in COVID, and de optimizes the codon for replication. So to avoid the activation of the FCS, a shield of O-link glycans was possibly planned, inserting a proline in the sequence, but it failed to be synthesized because of an N-link glycan site just upstream of the S1, S2. So if you can't explain why, not you, but in general, if you can't explain how there's an FCS inserted between the S1 and S2, which is not evolutionary and is not found in any Sarbicoviruses, viruses, how do you explain <clears throat> that? Okay. That's, bla so that's, blast that's blasting the genome. So, you know, you're talking about scientific reality and proof. I'm looking at a blast of the genome, exactly what it looks like. GGT, GCA, GGT, ATA, I mean, so forth and so on. Because we have blasted it, and we've gotten deep into the genomics of this. Um, this does not look natural. Uh, the FCS has been blocked, but the activity of caspicin and the TPMRS2 would also have been hampered. So you've got a glycosidus, you have a, glycos, a glycosylated S1, S2 junction. So how did that happen? That needs to be explained sure. if this is a natural spillover event. All right. Real quick, real whoa, quick. Y'all just bear with me. I'm always going to let you jump in. Just bear with me. Just bear with me. Yeah, I don't want to lose my thought. I'm moderating, and you're going to get to talk. You're going to get to talk. Here we go. So... And this is again. I'm the layman here, so y'all got to work with me. Y'all understand each other yeah, better yeah, than yeah. I do. So you have to work with yeah, me. Yeah, so you have to work with me when I ask. Yeah, yeah. So just here it is. So I just want to make one piece of clarity. When I hear and tell me if I'm wrong, um, Jack, and then then y'all can go. When you say you have to be able to answer that question, if I'm understanding this again, just from reviewing you guys who do this much more than me, you're saying that question has to be answered. That has to be explained. You're saying from a mm -hmm. scientific point until that's explained no one can come to a conclusion is am i fairly understanding when you well, you know you're I not mean, necessarily asking Uncle Sean that but go ahead i think the answer to that is unless you could explain a natural evolutionary reason for an fcs insertion at the s1 s2 it pretty much so folds a pure spillover genotic event unless you can show okay. examples on how that specifically happened, because without this FCS at the S1, S2 insertion point, we would not have COVID-19. That's what's causing this whole thing. And it doesn't, it doesn't present itself in any of the SARS-CoV-viruses, including SARS-1. So how did that happen? So let me let me explain. All right, go so ahead, brother. I, I just about need those, that clarity because I didn't understand what he was saying until he yeah, just explained. He's talking it. So about those insertion in. sites. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, he's talking about those go insertion ahead, sites. And before now, they was like, man, it would look a little funny with those. He's talking about the GTTs and insertion. So what they found was they actually found that in nature already. Recent evidence has shown, I think Sean's going to have the article for that, where they found out where nature already did that insertion. So why would an immunologist, if an immunologist actually inserted that in there, 
He would be the greatest immunologist known on planet Earth to be able to insert that in there before before we ever seen it in nature. Now we've actually seen that insertion insertion in that particular site. So you know the evidence is starting to mount properly. I don't, Sean, do you actually have that article that actually talks about that insertion site? Because that's yes, that's an important. Article, he said a the, lot of big article, words on it, but they found it. Go ahead, go ahead, Sean. Yeah, so the spike protein sequencing of the Cambodian, Thai, and Japanese bat SARP coronaviruses provide insight into the natural evolution of the receptor binding domain, which is the RBD and S1 and S2 cleavage site. There is a specific point of reference here that allows us to know that this is a natural virus based on the the RBD. The receptor binding domain. So when we forget look at the RBD, when we, talk about the FCS. When we, when we look at the science, the science answers the question. They've you, you haven't even at, blasted this. Yeah, you know that DH2 and TMPRSS2 expression has a heparin sulfate uh, binding. It's a gradient in infection yeah, of proximal. You, and then you can ask that question. Then you can ask that question after he finishes. Go All ahead, right. go ahead, Sean. Yes, you actually got to go to break. Right. So y'all got so to bear, y'all got to bear, bear with the break, and then Jeff, you'll be yeah. able to respond. Go ahead and finish, Sean. All right. The leading one of the leading biologists in a paper printed. All right, is Robert F. Gary. Okay, he deals with the RATG13 remains the virus with the highest overall sequence similarity to SARS-CoV-2. Now. We know we know this. We have found origins in bats that have a 96, 97% match, right? Because you're never going to get 100% in what I just said earlier. Cambodia, Thai, Japanese bats. So we know what we're dealing with here. He, he, he's saying blast. So for people who don't understand blast, he's talking about a mechanism that helps them go ahead where they insert certain data and they run things. Now, what is faulty here is the way it's being positioned and pitched to people so that it can throw us off. What's understood Okay, is let me do this, brother. I got to go to break. So yeah, right. we got to go to break. Yeah, we got to go to break, and we'll let Jack respond coming out of break. For everybody out there listening, you got to let him finish, though. You got to let him finish, Montoya. I got to go to break, brother. You just got to understand. Don't do this to me right now on my show, bro. I got to go to break. Do you understand that? That's not cool. All right, we're going to break. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478-781-4860. LNG Technology is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. Always finding something to be mad for. I hate my life, I wish I had yours, but sure, yours, 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 yours. Yesterday I woke up, I 
out the matrix. So today is right back to the basics. Blocking and tackling, taking angles in pursuit of my happiness and embracing my nappiness. It's Wakanda forever, had us under the weather. Sick and tired of the pressure, always gotta be fresher, always gotta be extra. Everybody is special. Social media training, if you're speaking the language. All day long, all I see is everybody perfect when I'm scrolling through my phone. Seem like all they want It's just a bunch of bragging people acting like they get it, but they don't It's true All day long Check out track All Day Long from Joe Bleeds and Square Business Entertainment, one of our longtime sponsors providing a little music for our talk show and LNG Technologies. Thank them for returning as a sponsor to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. This morning's discussion question, COVID-19 variants, more dangerous or more fear-mongering? Our special guest, Jack Plenty from the Drastic Research, as well as Brother Unk and Sean Phillips from Pseudo Killers, as we're having a dialogue about the origins. We're going to, again, move through this subject matter. Again, y'all bear with me. When we go to break, we got to go to break. It is what it is. Um, from what I understand, um, Sean, you were saying, hey, it's being positioned in this particular manner. Uh, from what I understand, from what I understand, Jack was saying, talk specifically about the FCS. This is the one question I heard him get out. Um, Jack, if you will, go ahead and give a response, again, just from your perspective, from the research that you found. Go ahead. Um, well, first of all, you know, we don't want to turn this into a, a, a passionate, angered debate because it shouldn't be. Um, Absolutely. When I ask specifically if you blasted the genome, it's because if you're just gathering your information from reading papers on the Internet, you could find left and right all over the place, but you yourself with your naked eyes have to see something. Um, I want to reference one thing you said before, which was absolutely incorrect, that you said if this was genetically altered scientifically, that you would see it. That's not true at all. I don't know if you're familiar with Dr. Ralph Barrick, but Dr. Ralph Barrick at University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, is the foremost, I would say, coronavirus expert in the United States. In fact, Dr. Barrick and his lab is the sister lab to Wuhan University, and he actually taught Xi Jinping. And if you go and research Dr. Barrick or study him or ask anything of him, he developed a technique called noceum, uh, which is spelled like it sounds, right, N-O-S-E-E-E-U-M, but it's also no seam. And he's developed the ability to genetically splice and engineer any genome without leaving any trace at all of scientific intervention. So the argument of you would see it is a 1,000% wrong, and that's a 1,000% wrong, proved by Dr. Barrick himself, who invented the technique. And I think the biggest problem here is the politicizing of this, <clears throat> of if Trump never said China, I don't think we'd be as anti-lab leak as we are. The other misconception here is what is a lab leak? Does a lab leak necessarily mean <clears throat> it was genetically altered? No, it doesn't mean that. A sample could have leaked from a lab. A sample that was potentially potentially a spillover could have leaked from the lab. Um, that's quite possible. 
if you want to get into a debate about Dr. Gary, we can, but it's going to turn into a purely scientific debate. And if you haven't blasted this genome, it's going to have a hard time having that debate. Um, he has some salient points. He's also financed directly by NIH and has grants and compendiums. So I'm not a big fan of Dr. Gary, nor am I a big fan of most of these people, because they're self-serving. So you've got a furin cleavage site at FCS that doesn't belong there in that insertion. More importantly, everything surrounding it gives the appearance of an LAV. And that's, in particular, where most of our leaning goes to, is this was an accidental release of an LAV. Um, not biowarfare. That's Biowarfare is just off the table. It's completely ridiculous. Um, China wouldn't have done that. And if they did, they would have been smarter. When we're talking about uh, possible zoonosis, the first question that has to be answered completely is how did a bat from a 1,000 miles away, who only usually has a radius of 100 miles in flight, during hibernation season, hibernation season, fly a 1,000 miles and accidentally wind up on the doorstep of the city that conducts coronavirus research? So that's kind of an odd question to begin with. If there was a spillover event, where was that original outbreak and where's the result of that? When you talk about the wet market, they have been absolutely unable to, both China and this farcical nonsense who investigation, find any traces of any animal in any wet market that showed any positive indication for coronavirus. So if you're saying it's zoonotic, so the spillover either has to be H2H immediately from inception or there needs to be an intermediary. So if the market didn't produce an intermediary, and if there was an intermediary, there had to be an original breakout. That doesn't seem to be the case. This looks like a lab. There's virtually no scientific question that it looks like an LAV. And when you start to put together the pieces of the puzzle, why would there be an LAV? It starts to make a lot of sense. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with PREDICT, which was supposed to prevent these kind of things from happening, um, which necessarily didn't, uh, but they were supposed to. But PREDICT was attempting, with quite a few other people, to create a pan-coronavirus vaccine. Now, what's the odds of a virus that's new for humans, adapted for human infection, because of a sequence new for its group, with both the FCS and a high affinity RBD, all of a sudden just appear out of nowhere? When you get deeper into it and really look at the possibilities of an LAV, that's what it looks like what this is. Um, when you start to break that apart, that starts to make logical sense. And it's not as black and white as the way it seems. Um, it looks to be a, a mistake. That's what it looks to be. 
because the Wuhan ancestral variants are unusually quiet in terms of mutations. Uh, the rate of mutation more than octupled in VOCs worldwide, but the molecular clock is defective and stumbles like a drunken person. You either have a G614 at the beginning, um, there's a no, de novo assembly, which makes no sense because of contaminations. So something is odd here. And what looks like the most logical thing that happened is quite a few people involved, including the U.S., decided to make a to decide to make a pan coronavirus vaccine. Yeah. And there's nothing terrible about that. They're trying to protect people and, and create something correctly. If this virus escaped um, or the vaccine escaped before attenuation was completed, that's probably the best explanation of what happened. And purely from a no, thank you for that perspective. I want to let the I want to yeah I want to let pseudo killers get in at this point because we got to go to another go break, and I don't and I want the second hour to get into the variants. Yeah 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 I'm gonna definitely let y'all jump in again. We just we're at the break, so y'all will have this point coming out of out of this break. Uh, I think we heard a lot from that perspective. So yeah, any response to what you heard, we'll get this dialogue out, yeah. and then we're gonna move into these variants after y'all give y'all response. So thank y'all for your patience. Again, we are up against the break. We're just trying to have a dialogue, not a debate here, so I appreciate y'all, and y'all will get y'all response coming out of the break. For anybody out there listening, if you do have any questions for our esteemed research teams, you can get in on this discussion this morning, especially as we move into the variants. The number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646-787-1691. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, (coughs) moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. Everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, COVID-19 variants, more dangerous or more fear-mongering. But we started out with our special guest, uh, Jack Ponte from the Drastic Research, as well as Brother Ankh and Sean Phillips from Pseudo Killers, as we've dived into the origins, and we're going to move into the variant um, after we get a response from the Pseudo Killer, because, again, um, this is what, in my opinion, science scientists do. Um, I'm, I'm always enthused to hear at this level, because, again, some of this is above my pay grade, if you will. Um, but, yeah, fellas, if you will, um, any response to, um, in a sense, 
um, Jack and his team, they've kind of leaned a the logic leans here for the way they see the science. How do you see the science just from your perspective? Again, not a direct debate, as he said, but just how do you see the science? And then we're going to move on after you give a response. So um, just do me a favor, Montoya. If we're coming up to the break and one of us speaking, say Sean and me speaking, let us finish our, our, our idea. After uh, I can't do that, this, brother. I got to go to breaks. I, that, that, the reason I'm on the, on the reason I have a show. No, I get the Montoya. I get the I, No, bro, I, I, I respect they, the breaks. I'm just saying if you come okay, off, so just let's just make your point, brother. Make your point, brother. Make your point, brother. So what's happening is we're not actually getting a fair shake. So Jack okay, is brother. actually allowed right, to then. speak through right. segments, right? So let me make this point. Okay. So to the information, we're not trying to debate. What you hear Jack doing is he's throwing out a whole lot of confusing terms with no explanations of it. I just want saying. you to give your response really, to how I you am, see I'm the science. To you, uh, you don't have to I respond am. So to where it the science, Where the oh. science is, is very, very clear. I gave people evidence of finding lineage B, that's B117, right? Where there's a B, there's an A. They also found A. In the Wunam wet labs. It's a $70 billion industry. This is what they do. They eat all kind of exotic foods. Within that $70 billion industry, they also have an illegal uh, uh, industry with bringing exotic animals that shouldn't even be there. So they actually know that whether they found the exact animal or not, they haven't found the animals from the N1H1 outbreak in 1918. That, that should never be brought up because they never really find these things. But the evidence clearly states that the cases actually are moving towards the lab, right, down the East River, the river that's going down the middle of, of the Wunam province. It's moving towards the lab. If it came from the lab, and I'm not saying genetically altered, which, which the conversation did, he did, he did make points on uh, how this gene was inserted, right? But, but the, the point that needs to be understood to the layman is, if the cases arose or, or, or the virus arose in the lab, then they would move away from the lab. The evidence doesn't show that. It clearly shows that cases are moving down the river towards the lab. But go ahead, Sean. All right. So um, I think that we have to be very, very careful here um, to dismiss science. And I'm sorry if I'm echoing up. I changed my location. Uh, however, the the words that's probably that is being used is probably or this looks like um, is not answering the actual question. For us to properly answer the question, we need data. We don't have any data. There's no existing data from the other side of the argument that would strengthen the hypothesis of a lab leader. We, we can't move beyond it, so it's just a guess. We're guessing here. Now, what we have is science, and I'm sorry, I probably sound clearer now. What we have is science doing its job to answer the question, and then what we have is anti-science refusing to deal with the evidence, okay? So earlier, when I, when I mentioned a specific location and bats that have similar lineage to the origins of SARS, and we talked about the uh, the RBD receptor, right? 
this is how we know that it's not genetically modified because they've already tried to genetically modify the the uh, the, the binding scepter. They've already looked at the virus over and over and again and, and tried to falsify, right, origins. That's a, this is what science does. They try to falsify origins. So they try to go in there and replicate and replicate and replicate. This is why it's, it's, it's going the way that it's going. This is why we have a 96% match in bats that, that was nowhere near the incident in several different places. And, no, we're not saying that a bat flew all the way down there. We're saying that there's a common reservoir going here between these bats in these different locations that are matching 96% of what we see in SARS-CoV-2, right? So now, how is that done? That is done by going in these caves, swabbing these bats, looking at their teeth, and doing all kind of other technical work. It's not done by guessing. It's not done by casting doubt. It's done by rigorous methodology, rigorous study, and it takes and it and it takes certain things. I heard um, uh, brother Jack. I heard brother Jack say he was dismissive of Robert uh, Robert F. Gary. He's not the only person on the article. There's thirty. There's like thirty sources that back that up. And then on top of that, there is a a, a team of researchers who dove directly into the situation to make sure that they came to the conclusion that they come to. If they didn't agree on the conclusion, it wouldn't be published the way that it was. Newly sequenced SARS uh, coronaviruses from bats captured in Cambodia, Thailand, and Japan possess different combinations of the spike motifs in the RBD and the S1-S2 junction that were first described in SARS-CoV-2. These observations are consistent with the natural origins of SARS-CoV-2 and strongly inconsistent with the laboratory origin. Studies of coronavirus diversity in bats and other species must continue because they want to keep doing the work. To assume such is indifferent. We have to look like, like we said earlier, if we're going to, if we're going to weigh all the evidence, right, then we have to see from one side evidence, which we have not gotten, and the other side mm-hmm. can't just have evidence that they're presenting and it not be considered here. It be dismissed from right wingists who have an issue with certain things and then say who they have trust with. Mm-hmm. Science allows us and affords us the opportunity to falsify data. No matter which side it comes from, science gives us the tool. So in order for us to come to an honest conclusion, we can't just be up or dismissive because of personality or because we don't like certain things. I'm not dismissing anything that uh, uh, Brother Jack says. What I am specifically saying is if we're going, like he said, if we're going to have a scientific discussion and so forth, then if, if, if that's the word of choice, then you can't dismiss the work that has been done and put forth without falsifying. So asking us if we Sean, specifically let me put this source in there, Sean. Put this source in real quick, real quick for the conversation. So we don't just have conversation with our sources. We want the, uh, the journal Nature Medicine. And it just says, it says, our analysis clearly show the SARS-CoV-2 is not a laboratory construct or a purposely manipulated virus. 
The title of that uh, article in Nature Medicine is uh, uh, The Proximal Origin of SARS-CoV-2. And I think you got about 10 or 15 soldiers over there. So at this point, so the audience can clearly understand what's going on, we got to start uh, presenting our sources so that the people can actually go back and read these free, because the sources are free now in these prestigious journals, which are very, very valuable uh, in producing proper science and proper, proper uh, methodology. So once again, the practical origin of SARS-CoV-2, it's a very, very easy read, and it will help you all understand uh, the conversation we just having today. When you keep referring so to the we're getting to the top of the hour. We're, getting, we're about to get to the top of the hour. And so what I wanted to share and show, here's what I'm actually looking to show, and I appreciate you guys for bringing this level of discussion to the Mental Dialogue talk show. Y'all discussion sounds very different than anything we're seeing on TV. And to for me, this was just an opportunity for our audience to hear people who take very scientific approaches and how they might come to very different conclusions without, in a sense, um, in my opinion, the way I'm hearing this thing is without the lean of how it sounds when it's politi- politicized. Uh, one uh, piece I just of clarity, have a question I if go, I could jump in I'll, for a minute. I'll go over here. Go ahead, Jack. Okay, you keep referring to a 96% nucleotide match. Are you referring to RAPG 13 or 4991? I think that might be for you, Sean. I think you were the one that made that reference. All right. So what we're, what we're talking about, all right. So Are you referring to RATG 13 or 4991? Which one? Okay. First, you're not going to have a 100% match, so it can't be a specific one. No, no, yes, it is. Listen, all the papers are giving a 96 to 97% match, but I'm asking you in in your presentation, are you referring to RATG 13 or 4991? No, you're not. I'm answering your question. Because let you him, have let him answer it the way he's going to answer it. You have, you have, you have uh, several coronaviruses, beta coronaviruses, and alpha coronaviruses that people are unaware of. I am answering your question, okay? And, I, and I'm telling you, the origins, when they are doing this, and this is basically going off sequencing, right? Because that's what we're, we're talking about, sequencing. It's proof that these bats, Terry, now, that's, that's what our study says because the study has been strengthened, even with a recent study on, bat, on the 411 bat. Listen, I just asked you, are you referring to, at 96%, RATG 13, yes, it does, or 4991? They have evidence for both. They have evidence I can answer that, Sean. I can answer that, Sean. First of all, let the, let the audience state for the record. No one would actually throw out the coordinates because I can throw out Y442 or L472 or 79. These are coordinates based for the SARS. You wouldn't throw that coordinates out like that in this conversation. It's, it's like this gallery. Yeah, because, because if you're talking about RAPG13, it's a consensus sequence. Right, but you wouldn't throw that out in the con- it makes it, it's, yeah, it's, you a, would not. it's, it's almost like That's a wild question out of nowhere. You wouldn't do that. That's all I'm saying, Jack. It's a person. You, you know, like I know. It's a pertinent Ooh. question. If you're talking about 96% nucleotide match, which genome okay. are you referring to? Which one was you talking okay. about, Jack? Educators, Jack. Go ahead. Well, the one that they keep talking about is RATG13 and 4991. 
that they're saying it's only 97 and 96% match. But the problem is RATG13 is, is a consensus sequence. It's a red herring. It was created on a keyboard. So, you know, you're, you have to really get deeper. I mean, listen, I sent uh, Montoya. Yeah, you get a source for that red herring, though. I would appreciate that. Uh, Jack, 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 what about Jack? Oh, you're not doing what, what, oh. bro, you're tripping now. Uh, don't do what you're doing. I'm tripping now. Next question. My fault. No, I gave Montoya a list of 700 papers that we've researched in depth, and you're welcome to look at those if you're this interested. If you're this interested, it's a fantastic, wonderful thing, and it actually thrills me that people outside of the field are this interested. So I commend you for your diligence and for your intelligence. And if you really want to do deeper research, Montoya can give you the links, and then you can start to draw conclusions after all that. Because, Jack, you know, Jack, I've been on this. We have them, Jack. Uh, let him finish, bro. We're not. Uh, no, that, no, no. That, that, that was not that was us, time. man. That wasn't me, Montoya. Because we, and there's 27 of us, that are some of the most skilled scientists in the world, including Dr. Luigi Warren, who without him there would be no vaccines, we're not 100% conclusive on what happened. So you can't draw a conclusion under any circumstances. There's a, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with the whole thing that happened in Yunnan uh, back in 2013, which leads credence hey, to a, this. Let me go to break, and you can give that example coming out of break, and then we got to okay. move on to the variants. <laughs> sure. Again, I um, appreciate what we're doing, but i got to go to break. All right? Mm-hmm. We'll be right back in this one, too, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Everybody perfect when I'm scrolling through my phone Ooh. Seems like all they want It's just a bunch of breaking people acting like they get it but they don't It's true What am I supposed to do? I feel like I'm overdue Worked a couple lifetimes I feel like I'm over too Feel like I got more to do I know I ain't done yet Handle what you supposed to do Gotta teach my son that. It's a blessing in the sunrise Wake up and return that I just hope that you can learn that Before the sun sets Cause when the morning comes We're gonna keep going on No, 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 no No, 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 Couple more steps on my passport. Only other thing I can ask for is love. Can't be sitting around and wishing that I had more. Always finding something to be mad for. Man, I hate my life. I wish I had yours, but it's yours. Yours, yours, yours. Yesterday I woke up out the matrix. So today it's right back to the basics. 
blocking and tackling, taking angles in pursuit of my happiness and embracing my nappiness. This Wakanda forever had us under the weather. Sick and tired of the pressure. Always gotta be fresher. Always gotta be extra. Everybody is special. Social media training. If you're speaking the language all day long. All I see is everybody perfect when I'm scrolling through my phone. Like all they want. Hey, look, hurry up, you got a bunch of bragging people acting like they get it, but they don't. It's true. All day long. NIH and the State Board of Health. Why we are doing things about this that we didn't do for the common cold, influenza, or respiratory syncytial virus. And then ask yourself, why is a vaccine that is supposedly so effective having a breakout in the middle of the summer when respiratory viral syndromes don't do that? And to help you understand that, you need to know the condition that is called antibody-mediated viral enhancement. That is a condition done when vaccines work wrong, as they did in every coronavirus study done in animals on coronaviruses after the SARS, uh, outbreak and done in respiratory syncytial virus where a vaccine used in a vulnerable individual done the wrong way, which why it cannot be done right for a respiratory virus which has a very low pathogenicity rate, causes the immune system to actually fight the virus wrong and let the virus become worse than it would with native infection. And that is why you are seeing an outbreak right now. In fact, in that flash drive you're going to have coming to you and in the emails with six extra will be a study showing that 75 percent of people who had COVID-19 positive symptom cases in Barnstable, Massachusetts outbreak were fully vaccinated. Therefore, there is no reason for treating any person vaccinated any differently than any person unvaccinated. You should also know that no vaccine, even the ones I support and would give to myself and my children, ever stops infection. In 2014, there was outbreak of mumps in the National Hockey League. The only people who came down the symptoms were the people who were unvaccinated or unknown vaccine status. Boy, that sounds like a great argument for vaccines. But a question that you should ask yourself, knowing that half of the people who came down with symptomatic disease had no contact with an unvaccinated or unknown vaccine status individual, where did they get the disease? And the answer was from the vaccinated individuals. No vaccine prevents you from getting infection. You get infected, you shed pathogen. This is especially true of viral respiratory pathogens. You just don't get symptomatic from it. So you cannot stop spread. You cannot make these numbers that you've planned on get better by doing any of the things you're doing because that is the nature of viral respiratory pathogens. And you can't prevent it with a vaccine because they don't do the very thing you're wanting them to do. And you will be chasing this the remainder of your life until you recognize that the Center for Disease Control and the Indiana State Board of Health are giving you very bad scientific guidance. And instead, read the articles that are going to come on the email and are on this flash drive and listen to the people in this audience here tonight who actually have recognized the advice they are getting from the CDC and the NIH is counterfactual. And that's why you're still fighting this with this vaccine that supposedly was going to make all of this go away but it suddenly managed to make an outbreak of COVID-19 develop in the middle of the summer when vitamin D levels are at their highest. By the way, the other thing that would be necessary, any vaccine restriction to be considered is if there were no other treatment available. And I can tell you, having treated over 15 COVID-19 patients, that between active loading with vitamin D, ivermectin, and zinc, that there is not a single person who has come anywhere near the hospital. 
And we already have studies that show that if you achieve a 25-hydroxy vitamin D level greater than 55, your risk of COVID-19 death will drop down to through one quarter of the population average for the United States. And there are Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, COVID-19 variants, more dangerous or more fear-mongering, as we have special guests, Jack Ponty from Dress Research, as well as Brother Ankh and Sean Phillips from Pseudo Killers. Fellas, I'm going to let y'all know we are completely moving on from the origin conversation because, again, we've promoted getting into the variants, and I want to start with this video that went very viral uh, from this Dr. Uh, Stock. I think I'm saying his name correctly. Um, Brother Unc, I'll actually start with you. Uh, I wanted to get in your opinion of what you just heard. Uh, I think I basically sent it to y'all, and so y'all are kind of since prepared for this. But I want to hear what you, because again, what we've established in this last hour is the degree of science that both of y'all do. Whether you're obviously on, in a sense, different sides of the, the origin theory, hypothesis, whatever you want to call it. I'm just saying that simply from a layman's standpoint. I don't understand it to the degree that any of you do, and I don't claim to. Again, I just wanted my audience to be how scientists go back and forth, or science enthusiasts, if you will, go back and forth, versus how we go back and forth when we're trying to understand this thing. But this viral, again, this video went viral because a lot of people are saying, hey, what about this? So when you see that video or heard that video, what do you have to say about that, brother? I'm sorry, let me bring you back live. Just need a quick reminder to let y'all know we are live during the breaks. All right, go ahead, brother. Uh, sorry about that. Oh, yeah, appreciate you, Montoya. Um, yeah, first of all, the guy's not a doctor, actually. Uh, he's like, he deals with functional medicine. It's one of those sidebar things. Um, so he's not an emiologist or a virologist, right? He plays to the crowd. He use, He's using a whole lot of intelligent words that make you think you know what he's talking about. But once you actually slow uh, the conversation down, let me give you a quick um, on exactly who he is. Um, hold on. So we always use, okay, science-based medicine. So watch this. Functional medicine, because he talked about functional medicine. Uh, the ultimate misnomer in the world of integrative medicine. Okay, functional medicine, it sounds so scientific and reasonable, right? It's anything but. In fact, functional medicine combines the worst features of conventional medicine with the hip keeping of quackery. So basically, the guy that was speaking, the layman wouldn't know it. He would be considered quack in the medical field. Why? Because he's not bringing science-based science medicine. Right? He actually denies vaccines. Right? He denies a lot of information that is sound. Right, like the origins of viruses. We know what viruses do to humanity. Sean spoke of we can pretty much guess. Remember, science science is predictive. So science can predict where the next outbreak will come from based off of the history of viruses. So this guy here makes a lot of assertions. Uh, he's really overwhelming for people who don't understand the subject. And, and I think you speak to this all the time, um, Montoya. You, you talk about confirmation bias. And, 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 and the mentality behind that, like, what's the mental behind that? So he actually speaks to those who are not educated in said subjects, right? And he fills in the gap for you when you already want to believe something, yo. 
He's the perfect one mm-hmm. for that. But go ahead, Sean, because we actually did a show on this guy. But go ahead, Sean. I'm sorry. I'm bringing yeah. y'all back live. Sorry about that. Just bear with me. All right, Sean, I got you in a second. Just get a, um, again, your thoughts on it. I want to get Jack's thoughts on this video as well. All right, Sean, you're live now. Go ahead, brother. All right, thank you, thank you. All right, so um, he, he states that respiratory viruses wait for, well, yeah, he, he states that the respiratory viruses wait for the immune system to get sick in the winter, which is baseless. The seasonality of vi- uh, respiratory viruses has always been complex and uh, depending on a whole bunch of factors. So, uh, you know, we really don't have, it doesn't have anything to do with uh, direct immunity. So, like, you know, there's examples of that, like the cold. You know, um, people gather indoors during the, during the, uh, what is it, the wintertime, right? Um, you're condensed in, people around, germs can flow and pass more rapidly because you're in a building. So it, it, it's things like that. For him to come out and say or try to create the seasonality of something was disingenuous because it doesn't, it doesn't give it context. And then what he was referring to or alluding to is something that wasn't played in the video clip where he tries to play the vitamin D game. Um, he's, he's, setting, he's setting the stage. So there was, there was overwhelming information in that. And like Unc said, we did cover this, this video, and uh, there's some point-for-point point refutions um, that, that knock it out, and then there's some misrepresentation of data to mislead or persuade. But it, it was the ultimate disc gallop, the way that that, uh, that whole school board meeting went. Um, and, and, and how it was viewed, you know, like millions of times on social media. No, absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and get Jack's thoughts as well. I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I just want to say, Montoya, that I want everybody listening. So if you look at a school board meeting, that information uh, doesn't necessarily apply to your particular region and your school board. I just want you all to know. Oh, that. No, it makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, and the one quick thought, one thing I just happened to glance at it again. I rely on you guys because I know y'all know more information than I do. Um, but even the, even the seasonal idea of him saying there's an outbreak in the summer, the one little thing I found was, um, in a sense, for as long as I guess COVID has been here, that was like those numbers would be similar last summer prior to the vaccine. So he kind of made reference to it being because of the vaccine. But I guess the way I understand it, those numbers would look the same if you were to make that comparison. Not saying I'm right. I'm just glancing and saw some, you know, another doctor kind of explaining that. Um, let me get Brother Jack back in here. Jack, your thoughts on that video as well? I mean, I, again, you know, a little knowledge is very, very dangerous with anyone at any time. And he pretty much so exemplifies a little knowledge. What he was trying to say, I mean, I don't even know if he was trying to say it, but what he was trying to allude to, there's a different way of putting it together than he did. Um, But again, you know, you still got people out there, or the majority of people who think they actually took a a vaccine against COVID-19. Um, when they didn't, because it's not an attenuated vaccine. So uh, miscommunication and, and not understanding things are part and parcel with the way the world works today and the Internet works today. Um, he attempted to make salient points. He failed, but the direction he was going in bears merit to research correctly. So let me ask you this, just from my understanding. Um, I think you ex- 
and you just made the statement that um, of a, a particular type of vaccine. So I don't quite understand that in you know me as a layman. Well, so if you can explain that, and then I want to hear. Um, I, th- I think you know, the government did. I think the government did a really really bad job of explaining to the people what this vaccine actually is. An attenuated vaccine is like measles, mumps, polio, so forth and so on, where they take the actual virus, and it's a dead version of the virus, so it doesn't give you the disease, but it creates antibodies around the entire virus. This vaccine, any of them, um, including uh, Vector in Russia, these are not attenuated vaccines. All these vaccines are doing is attempting to make your body recognize the spike protein in the hope <clears throat> that it will reject the spike, spike protein. So you're not vaccinated against COVID-19 coronavirus or SARS-CoV-2. <clears throat> you're vaccinated against the spike protein of the genome of SARS-CoV-2. And I think that that created a massive sense of false security for people at large. And the reason why this thing spread so pandemically that it did is because you are the most infectious before you yourself have symptoms. So you're infecting all kinds of people before you even have one symptom. So what happened with this is as they, and they shouldn't have rolled it out the way they did, but that's, that's another discussion um, because it's creating selection pressure. But you're not, this is not an attenuated vaccine. And yes, science proves that. Just study it. It's not an attenuated vaccine. Um, this is a vaccine against a spike protein. All right, um, Ankh and Sean, either one of you. Um, again, when you hear that perspective, again, this is just trying to this is trying to help people like myself understand that difference. Because here's something that I say. I don't know if it directly relates, but I just like to you know like to share it for my thoughts. So when I you know I try to do um, you know so y'all seen it. I've I've done videos just trying to yeah. kind of keep people abreast again. Not on y'all. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Um, not necessarily on y'all level, if you will. So. Me, now I understand what he means by the attenuated vaccine, per se, right? right. One thing that I said mm-hmm. on one video was I didn't think that the CDC did a good job of explaining exactly how the vaccine would work. I said that. I didn't know to use those terms. And I don't know that even in me saying that would have meant exactly what Jack is saying, if that makes sense. Because, again, I'm not for me. I mean, I've heard the term attenuated vaccine, but to explain it to people, I would stay away from that. So I just wonder if when I I'm, – I'm wondering, because I think you've seen the video, uh, uh, when I was saying that mm-hmm. I don't think the CDC did a good job of explaining how these vaccines would work, does it sound similar to what I'm hearing Jack explain, in a sense, in my opinion, more no. scientifically, or you feel different about that? Go ahead. Um, uh, I feel completely – first of all, he's right when he says it's not an attenuated a vaccine. Uh, the attenuated vaccine is the second-generation vaccine. You also have first-generation vaccine. But now we're in the third-generation vaccine. Uh, each vaccine is used a different platform. So you would never say that the Wright brothers didn't have a plane just because it wasn't a jet plane, because a jet plane is a plane. And the plane that the Wright brothers flew was a plane. So this is a vaccine because vaccines primarily do what? They stimulate an immune response. Jack talked about the AC2, a protein, right? 
he talked about the receptors, right? The thing they call it a crown, corona, crown. That it looks like a crown, right? And so what they do is instead of using the vaccine, I mean, my fault, instead of using the virus, a dead killed virus, which would take you about maybe four to five years to grow it in an environment to make that virus less dangerous, instead of doing that, they just use the code, the mRNA code, right? They act, actually, these particular vaccines work just like your body works. So vaccines stimulate the immune system. The mRNA vaccine does the exact same thing. It causes an immune response from your body. Uh, the cold goes into the cell, right? And maybe Sean can get in, into that. It, it causes your body to think that, wait a minute, this, this, this spike protein is here. It, it's dangerous. And your body produces antibodies off that. The same way the attenuated vaccines did, second generation, and the same way the first generation vaccine uh, uh, did it. They're trying to cause an immune response, right? Make your body think that the actual virus is here. So when you run across the real virus, you already have protection for it. This is this is science. This is this is the next generation. So 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 when I hear this conversation, I'm wondering. Like I remember early on when the settlers came to the United States and they literally walked or had a horse and wagon and went from uh, uh, California uh, to New York or from New York to California. I remember that. This is before the railroad was built. And then after the railroad was built, people would argue, well, the railroad is dangerous. Now, wait a minute. No, it's dangerous to walk with or, or, or ride a covered wagon through Indian territory the whole nine yards. But wait a minute. After the trains were built, the railroads connected both oceans together. Then you had plane transportation. So now that's like saying plane, plane, plane transportation that only takes you three hours from New York or from Baltimore or to Atlanta to California is dangerous or it's not a mode of transportation because we used to walk or ride covered wagons. That makes no sense. It's all transportation. mRNA vaccines is a vaccine. It just works off of a different platform. Go ahead, Sean. To add to that, that was a beautiful explanation of, of how uh, the evolutionary process takes place, how our brains evolved to out. To, to, to come up with faster ways to, to figure out solutions. So to, to add to that, this continuation thing is, you know, people had a problem with second-generation vaccines. I recall very vividly, right, people had outbursting because it wasn't similar to, to, to the, uh, the, the first-generation vaccines or regular inoculation because it was a painful way. So people began to question, can you, get, can you make this safer? Remember, safety has always been a primary focus of evolutionary-minded medicine. So safety is at the forefront with mRNA vaccines. Why is safety such a big deal? Because it doesn't need a weakened or dead virus. It doesn't. So it makes it faster and, safe and safer to produce, and, and, and can, it can do the same job. Now, do people, wanna get, do people want a weakened uh, strand of this in them? No. Why? Because the efficacy is heavily reduced. We have this example in in some of those vaccines that's coming out of China, right? Where you where you have like barely fifty percent efficacy uh, regarding those second generation vaccines. Um, so the technology is sound to do its specific job and serve its purpose for the people. 
Now, like you used the example of travel, uh, Unc, right? You remember once upon a time, people used to cook on cast iron pots. Then it went to cast iron stoves. Then it went to electric, you know, the evolution of, of electric stove. It's the same process at some point. Now people using microwaves to do certain things and do those analogies. Those analogies make a lot of sense. Um, now make a lot of sense. So here's one quick question for me, and then I want to move on to something else. So a quick question for me, um, Jack, when you say, hey, they didn't do a good job of explaining what type of vaccines these were to the public, if you will. Obviously, you understood it, and but these brothers clearly understood it. But for us, in a sense, as the public saying, hey, this is a, you know, as I'm hearing these brothers say, hey, maybe a third-generation vaccine, if you will. So what would you have liked to have been in the explanation that you think would have helped us from a public standpoint, understanding that difference? Is there something that you would have liked for them to have explained that would have helped us? Maybe it's kind of a curious question that I have. Well, I think that the public, by and large, <clears throat> thought that it was a magical moment of unvaccinated life is good. Let me go to a bar with 10,000 people in it and party the night away. Um, We've clearly seen that's not the case. We've clearly seen a massive amount of breakthrough, especially in Israel right now, um, where the efficacy has dropped to about 22%. We've seen that it's not working the way they hoped it would. And, you know, if, if you really want to debate this, I might be able to call in Dr. Warren, who actually invented the mRNA protocol that the vaccines are based on, and he co-holds the patent to Moderna. Um, so nobody understands it the way that he does. The It's not the magical elixir. I think that... Yeah, I understand that. I guess if you will, I, just, again, I think, just for me, I think easing, I think easing restrictions, easing restrictions so rapidly was wrong. I think introducing okay. it at the height of a pandemic was wrong because you're going to create selection pressure, which is the biggest problem. Um, I think people should have said, here's a vaccine. Actually, it should have been rolled out in the fall, not the summer. But you had, you know, two competing problems, right? Trump wanted to be a hero, and Biden wanted to be a hero. So they rushed into this, you know, on the recommendation of Fauci, which is a whole, a whole program could be dedicated to that idiot. Um, and I think we've got a problem. It might be selection pressure that's a problem. Um, let's hope it's not. Or if our hypothesis is correct, then what's actually happening with these variants is you have a de-attenuating LAV. And if that's the case, then it's, it's a problem, but not as big as a problem, because we don't have wild variants being created we have evolutionary variants being created of the LAV returning to its natural form. So that you know, that's let me yeah, let me ask let me ask the pseudo killers if I will at this point, just because it's kind of partly my thought or question I have, but I just want to hear how they what they understand about it, because um, you always make reference to um, the um, what's, what is the process you're saying where you know in a sense due to I guess. The way we're rolling out the mass invest, the mass vaccinations. The, the, mm -hmm. You explained to me yesterday in a personal call that you said that, hey, to a degree, 
the the, the virus itself is going to find easier ways to transmit and some of it. Yeah, is, if it, if it finds selection of, pressure around, if it selection finds, pressure is what I was looking for. Selection pressure around, yeah, the, I to around hear, the vaccine, it's a real problem. Right, and I just wanted to hear what the pseudo killers think of that term and how it could be affecting what we're seeing as we move in, move our discussion into the Delta and Lambda variants. Any thoughts to yeah. hearing what selective Jack pressure, about the selection pressure? Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, so that's why they Thank actually you. made the mRNA vaccine. I think Sean kind of brushed on it because the, the, the mRNA vaccine is actually evolutionary minded. So we we're surrounded by hundreds of thousands, hundreds of millions of viruses. Every time you breathe. You breathe in bacteria and, and viruses. And so your medicine has to be evolutionary mind. So the mRNA vaccine can actually <coughs> to catch another uh, quote-unquote variant. Now, he's talking about the selective pressures. He's talking about the pressures that vaccinated people are putting on the virus causes the virus to mutate. Well, every time the virus uh, gets a host, it potentially can mutate because that's what evolutionary evolution do. Life wants to survive and live. Simple as that. And the only way life can, can live is that it just works good enough in different environments when different environments are actually put forward. So if that's the point that he's making, what well, we need to look at, what about all the diseases that have been eradicated? The vaccine introduced to the ecology always causes environmental pressures, right, that actually slows down and kills the quote-unquote virus polio, uh, uh, measles, mumps, yellow fever. Now, these viruses have not went anywhere. Don't get it twisted, right? They're at bay because of the vaccines that we take. But the environmental pressures that's placed on a quote-unquote pathogen slows it down in this inability to quote-unquote infect other people. Well, go ahead, Sean. No, no, I'm gonna jump in right here because I got to jump in. I got to jump in right here. Got a couple of minutes before we go to break. So again, uh-huh. just trying to drive this conversation towards the variants, 100%. So as I'm listening to what Brother Aunt just broke down, um, great explanation, if you will, uh, for me as a layman or somebody out there listening. Then the question becomes, and this is a curious question. Again, I don't claim to understand it the way you do. So just take it from someone who doesn't understand this. The question becomes after hearing you, Unc is, well, based on what you just said, why do we get, for example, the Delta variant that acts different? I just, And, again, it may sound like a dumb question, but just understand that people become curious because you, it sounds like that, hey, this vaccine should be the fix. But now you're, they're telling us the Delta and the Lambda are worse. So it seems like a never-ending thing that people don't quite understand. So uh, you only got a minute to just give me a quick response to that. We'll go to break, and we'll dive into that with all three of you after the break. Go ahead, Uncle. Oh, well, so, well, well, let's do this. Evolution actually has no uh, uh, direction. So if you look at the first four strands of coronavirus uh, that, that came from Uzbekistan, they were lethal in Uzbekistan. But by the time it came to the United States in the 1900s, it, it ended up being the common cold. And we all know the common cold is not lethal. So it doesn't mean that the variants are going to be more lethal. That's a misnomer. That could actually go in the other direction and not be lethal at all or may just cause certain symptoms. So when, they, when y'all listen to these different variants, it don't mean that the variant got to necessarily be, got to be worse or better or whatever. So that's my take on that. Okay, so that sounds fine. We'll go to a break, and we'll come back and get Sean and Jack's thought 
again, just moving into the variants and what we understand about them, what, why they're different, and in a sense, why the vaccination alone or booster shot and all these things may not simply be a fix based on what's happening right now. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478 478- 781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. The way that's accessible to non-scientists, I hope you'll tell us, do you have concerns about these vaccines for people who aren't at great risk? Yes. Uh, I think that uh, one of my concerns are that uh, the, we are, the government is not being transparent with us about what those risks are. And so uh, I'm of the opinion that people have the right to decide whether to accept vaccine or not, especially since these are experimental vaccines. This is a fundamental right having to do with uh, clinical research ethics. And uh, so my concern is that I know that there are risks, uh, but we don't have access to the data, and the data haven't been captured rigorously enough so that we can accurately assess those risks. And therefore, for folks like uh, your audience, you and me, uh, we don't really have the information that we need to make a reasonable decision. Unfortunately, the risk-benefit analysis is not being done. So that's one of my other objections, is that we toss around these words risk-benefit analysis casually as if it's a very deep science. It's not. Um, Normally, uh, at this stage, the CDC ACIP would have performed those risk-benefit analyses. They would be data-based and uh, science-based. They're not right now. uh, It's kind of a little bit of the seat of the pants, and that I really object to. So you ask me... Uh, do I think the risks, uh, um, the risk-benefit ratio is appropriate for this age cohort? The truth is I can't really say, but uh, certainly I can say that the risk-benefit ratio for those 18 and below doesn't justify vaccines, and there's a pretty good chance that it doesn't justify vaccination in these very young adults. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, COVID-19 variants, more dangerous or more fear-mongering? Um, from what I understand, this is Robert Malone. I think this cut was done um, earlier this month. I may be wrong about it, and I know timing can make a huge difference. So that's why I'm going to go to you, Sean, to make a response first to this. Because again, I know how much research you do, and you would know if there's more evidence to even speak to what he talked about. Here's what I gathered, again, just listening to that. Um, in a sense, an admitted layman, you know, I love science to a degree, but obviously not to the degree that y'all do, so that's why I brought y'all on this show. Uh, but with that said, as I listen to him, um, I've talked about on other shows just leading up to 
and talking about the pandemic, the idea that any medicine that rolls out and that you may be given, a, a, a physician or a doctor who may be administering that is basically taking a risk assessment on, you know, whether it should be given now because most medicines carry side effects, if you will. So, again, I think Uncle, you may have explained to me that this Robert Malone is not, in a sense, the only person or whatever, but he was propagated on that on that show as, quote, unquote, being the inventor of the mRNA, just to highlight that as well. So supposedly the inventor of the mRNA is saying, hey, we just want to get the data to be transparent. He thinks that the government is not being. And so, Sean, is there data since the time that this cut may have been played that now gives us that risk-benefit analysis that he said is not available at this point? Because it sounds like all he was saying was we need to see it from a science-based um, point versus right now they're not putting that out there publicly is how I heard that. Your, um, what, what do you have out there, Sean, in reference to the risk analysis with people considering this vaccine or not? Hold on one second, brother. Let me bring you live. So I apologize again just for having some background noise. I've been trying to keep it down. All right, I got you live now. Go ahead, um, Brother Sean. Okay, so here is my response to uh, Dr. Malone. Um, first, I'm going to use a real-time study. I'm going to use two. Uh, let's go back to what was mentioned by Jack when he brought up Massachusetts, the, Mass the, the Massachusetts incident. What the Massachusetts incident showed is what I'm going to clear up for Robert Malone, Dr. Malone now. All right, the Massachusetts study showed in real time just how effective the vaccine is at preventing disease, hospitalization, and death. When you look at the overall complexity of the people infected in that study, and then you go back and see uh, the, the hospitalization numbers, uh, the, there were no deaths, zero deaths. All right, and you had very low symptoms from people. That is a safe and infectious vaccine. Now, we all know that the efficacy levels are nothing is 100%. So we expect some things to happen as far as the safety and the side effects and the risk-reward. The safety and side effects show that these are normal symptoms that you get when you get the vaccine, just like if you got any second-generation, first-generation vaccines. They're the same thing that people have always uh, complained about. But this is a step that the CDC took to enhance safety protocols. They created an app, right? They re created a reporting system so people they could do day-to-day check-ins on people to allow them to report their system uh their symptoms after reporting your symptoms right depending on the degree they would say you need to call your doctor and then they would give a the CDC would give you a follow-up call within 24 hours if there were severe uh issues now that data was used and collected this went all the way across the United States for everyone who has all, uh, all 180 million people had, that, that are fully vaccinated now, or uh, I'll forget the specific number, but everyone had an opportunity to download the app and go through that. I still get text messages to this day that just slow down because I'm further removed from my vaccination date, but that is how data is collected. So now the other study that I wanted to bring up was naturally infected people, right? We, we saw to the tune of over worldwide of over 4.5 million people or more and still counting 
have died from this. Now, what slowed those deaths was, you know, social distancing, masking, sh- shutdowns all over the place and things of that nature. So more people didn't weren't, weren't forced to be or, or, you know, weren't working in the environment to where they could be infected, and then you still had these masks going around. So those things, you know, helped, washing the hands, uh, sanitize everywhere, people, you know, only shopping for essential things and then going home. So once the mask was removed, you had the potential of reinfection. So now you have natural, you have people who've had, who caught COVID earlier on being reinfected. In a Kentucky study, the Kentucky study showed that people who, who did not get the vaccine, their chances of being reinfected doubled. So now what does that mean? There's new symptoms with the Delta variant. The Delta variant provides additional symptoms outside of the other symptoms that we've already, that we know about, like gangrene, blood clots. Um, gastrointestinal issues, and then you have the other symptoms, COVID toes, fingers, uh, heart, lungs, liver, kidney, um, and then you have brain fog, loss of taste and smell. You have all of these components from a natural infection which bogs to be more dangerous. Now, yes, a lot of people are asymptomatic, so they have low symptoms, but these asymptomatic people who don't show any symptoms or signs or just, the, you know, the normal cough, colds, who like something for a few days and go through the regimen of that, these people don't know if they are experiencing lung issues. We've seen an uptick in double lung transplants from natural infections. So now we know the risk-reward benefits because we have mm-hmm. people going to have surgery, but we also have an uptick in deaths in unvaccinated. 99.99% of the deaths from January up until now are in the unvaccinated uh, crowd. Um, Hospitalizations, 98% of the hospitalizations, unvaccinated people. So the risk-reward data is present based on what we see and what we've gathered since January. This is known information. So uh, to close. uh, Again, I knew you would have it. That's why I went to you. I want to go to Jack now. Uh, Jack popped up on one of my um, videos that I shared. Again, I try to give people, just try to give them science information in a layman way as best I can. And Jack, um, let's speak specifically to this Delta variant because you were given the numbers in a sense that happened with, I think, somewhere in Pennsylvania, if you will, Jack, um, and breaking down um, your conclusion after what the results of it. Because, again, you know, if I didn't talk to you, I wouldn't have known this, and I don't think the average person goes this deep. But if I recall, Jack, you were saying that you felt like the vaccines were working based on how you researched um, Pennsylvania at the time. So if you will, um, yeah, break down that information specifically because this Delta variant, as Sean highlighted, the other issues that come with it versus the Alpha variant that was most prominent at the time of the rollout. Well, let me let me touch on three things real fast. Number one, it's not just mild vaccine injury that happens. Uh, my wife got myocarditis after her second Moderna shot. <clears throat> my wife's a doctor. She's a doctor, but she's in extraordinary condition. And she has proven factual myocarditis from Moderna. It happens. <clears throat> it's happened with more frequency. And it will happen with more frequency. So they're not without risk. Risk-reward, yeah, you're right about that. But they do have risk. So to, to paint a rosy picture without risk is, is a fallacy. Number two, we've shifted 
into the whole CDC agenda and the whole NIH agenda. I mean, we apparently have selective amnesia, the whole country, because what they originally said was X amount of efficacy against contracting the virus. That was the original cell. That was the original pitch. 90% chance you won't catch it, 67% chance you won't catch it. And now that they realize that that's wrong, they've shifted their, their premise to will prevent severe cases, will prevent hospitalization. But originally, they didn't say that. To try to sell it was X amount of prevention against possibly catching it. So they've changed their entire dance card, um, and nobody's really called them out on that. But, you know, that's definitely reality. Yeah, well, I'm not big that, enough. I called them out. I'm just not big enough yet, Jack. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as far as variants, you know, where did the Delta variant come from? How did it come from? Where's the Lambda variant coming from? So forth. You know, they're really probably doing recombination inside immunosuppressed people who catch it. Because the virus, the interesting thing about this virus is most viruses are very sloppy in terms of copying. Um, so they can copy themselves, but they kind of screw up, right? So when they, so when they copy themselves, that's where the real diminishing of the virus comes from that we've spoken about earlier, you've spoken about earlier, is the copy mechanism is not accurate. So as it copies, it dilutes. But coronaviruses, all of them, are really unique in all the RNA viruses because they have proofreading capabilities so they can replicate perfectly. Um, and this is a big genome, right? It's like 30,000 bases long. So you can make a lot of mistakes in genome, but it doesn't. So when it replicates, it replicates perfectly. So, you know, the first studies, the mutation rate's 10 times lower than it would be without this proofreader. So there's a good thing that this thing can edit and copy perfectly, or we'd have a thousand more variants than we do. Um, my personal belief, after two years of intensive study, with, again, I'll reference the most brilliant people on the face of the planet with massive PhDs, um, I think that SARS-CoV-2 is a... LAV, and what that means is a live attenuated vaccine. And that everybody's looking to come up with a pan-coronavirus vaccine, especially Fauci, because you have to remember he's will, pan- Jack, I, am asking, I was asking an entirely different question because I didn't want to revisit that part, if you don't mind, brother. And so no, this, is getting, this is about, where I'm getting to. Okay, where okay, I'm okay. getting so to is if this, if, this okay, is an, if this is an LAV, these variants are a natural return to infectivity of its original form. So the variants aren't moving forward. The variants are moving backwards. Now, there's a good possibility. And let me understand the term backwards. Backwards is backwards meaning, because I don't understand right quick. So okay. it's backwards meaning being if, if so, like backwards in the sense of getting If SARS-CoV-2 is an LAV, a live attenuated vaccine, if that's what it is, 
it's going to deattenuate. And as it deattenuates, it's going to go backwards to its original form. As it goes backwards, it will create variants going backwards. That's where the new mutations are coming from. If that's the uh, case, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Right? If that's the case, whether it's delta, lambda, you know, regardless of what it is, it's just a return to natural form. That's what's happening. Okay, I there, respect that. If that's I respect the case. That. Now, okay, now that makes yeah, 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 that hypothesis that makes sense. So I'm right, just so in the sense with the with the delta in a sense having these other additional issues like the Sean that laid out. Um, if I recall, you felt like the studies were pretty good of what happened in Pens- Pens- in that. I think it's Pennsylvania. I think that was the town it was in. Well, I think like you that. have. I think what has to happen is we have to complete the vaccination process. I think we need to get at least 90% of the country vaccinated because if we don't, then what's going to happen is there's going to be selection pressure and it's going to create escape variants. So in simple, simple terms, we have to kill the king and we have to finish the job. Now that we started, this can't be a half-witted vaccination process. You can't have 50% of the people or 60% of the people. You can't, because if that happens, then the vaccine is going to create undue pressure unnaturally and create an escape variant. If it creates an escape no, that makes sense. I'm actually up against the break, brother. i got to do my last break, and then we'll come back and finish these thoughts. I want to go to um, Brother Unk in reference to how he feels the current vaccine is um, kind of going up against the Delta and Lambdas. Because the way I understand it as a layman, we, we, we got some decent protection against Delta, but Lambda that may come, that looks like, it, you know, some, some cases have gotten to the states, is mostly in Central America from what I understand. But if it were to come here and become the dominant one, the vaccine are not as, from what I understand, the current vaccines are not as effective. At least that's what I think the early studies are showing. But I'll get you response coming out of this break. Hey, where did you get that hat and T-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at MoneyMotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. Everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good, it should be illegal. But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of Intelligent Radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, 
gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. If you have a product or service you want to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, please contact me directly via my phone number, 404-604-9477, or find us on social media on IG at mental underscore dialogue and DM me or on Facebook at mental dialogue. If you are an individual and want to keep Intelligent Radio on the air, please go to mentaldialogue.com and become a supporter or a member. We actually have a caller that wants to get in. Area code 240-LAST3590. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Good day, Montoya. This is Troy. Uh, Troy Lotion out of Prince George's County, Maryland. Um, I was just uh, quite disturbed at the... Uh, information that I believe your guest Sean stated a few minutes ago about the Massachusetts reports that no one died who was fully vaccinated. Uh, that's untrue. The, uh, they talk about over 10,000 fully vaccinated people have, have uh, caught COVID. So they call those breakthrough infections. And over 100 have, of them have died. And many of them were, and that's from the Massachusetts uh, Department of Health. And many of them are uh, have serious conditions and are hospitalized for serious conditions. Also, there's reports of over 169 deaths in Illinois. Um, and then, once again, many, many seriously hospitalized people, uh, the fully vaccinated uh, population. So, and this is all over the country. It's just that uh, a lot of this, you know, information is censored through mainstream media because, you know, they are corporate-owned and they have their pharmaceutical influence, and if you don't understand corruption, uh, you won't understand the censorship, high levels of censorship and and manipulation of data and, and reporting and government reporting. So it's, it's very important that we have the accurate information and not believing, you know, mainstream media and reporting lies and, and repeating mad information. And then if you look at the... Uh, you know, there's reported vaccine adverse event reporting system. Then you see reports of 12,000 deaths and 5,000 heart attacks and and many other Bell's palsy, miscarriages, heart attacks, and a whole bunch of other adverse effects. And that and what Can you open have up my, my... only captures one percent of less than one percent of the adverse effects. So that stuff is also reported. So there's thousands of doctors and and scientists that are uh, challenging the vaccines. They're calling it not safe. Some are calling it not safe, some are calling it not effective, some say not necessary, and then there's, uh, you know, all three. And the fact that those doctors are often silent and their websites are being, you know, taken down. And, Sean, don't and do that on the show, bro. They're not, being, uh, they're not being given proper platforms. You have to go, you know, into the, uh, you know, there being silence on Facebook, Twitter, of course, mainstream news, and, it's just really disgusting. Science cannot flourish when, when uh, alternative viewpoints are, are being silenced and censored. And, and, and of course, our, our, just our government is very, very corrupt. So the CDC has been caught in so many lies and the NIH. And, uh, yeah, let me, and let me and jump Dr. in, brother. I've got another caller as well. So I wanted to say thank you for your three cents. Um, one question I had, if you could just briefly, because i got one other caller and we got to get out of here, um, is the numbers that you have – um, are we, you know, because again, I know, you know, I know you, Troy. Thank you for calling in. So even with the numbers that you're having, 
does it change the the percentages in a major way? And what I mean is, um, I think um, Sean may have mentioned that 99% are unvaccinated. And so if the numbers that you're seeing are reported, would it change the number to 50% or 40%? Or or is it that the vaccinated people who are obviously having the breakthrough cases, does it change it to 3% or 5%? I don't know if you've made that comparison, but that's just a quick question I have. And if you haven't made the comparison, then I respect it. But I'm just asking, does it move the needle a lot or a little in your opinion? Yeah, it certainly moves the needle a lot. In fact, Israel and a lot of their reporting, they talk about 80% of their adult population has got the Pfizer vaccine. That's pr pretty much the only vaccine they're using. 60% of hospitalized are of the vaccinated population. So we don't know. Okay, so that, 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 makes it. that makes sense. That number is fair. No, that makes sense. No, that makes sense. No, that makes sense. Let me get i got to go to another caller, brother. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right. Area code three one four last three nine five three. I'm gonna give you one minute to get a comment out. Montoya, you to, I think you got to raise the, the last show caller. Background. You got, yeah, you got yeah, to show the background. background. Go ahead, brother Pianca. I agree with the last caller. This this incident, this pandemic we have, is highly unusual the way it's being presented to the public. And of course, when that happens, it brings up the susceptibility. You got rewards given, money given, scholarships, and you got people being censored, sources being censored. Me, myself, I'm not taking a vaccination for a simple reason. All through my decades of living, I have never took a vaccination except for one back when I was a child for chicken pops. So it's just too much. And, and, and finally, the politics. So you can understand why come there's such a heated discussion. Thank you. All right, thank you for your thoughts, Brother Pianchi. All right, Brother Unc, if you will, King, uh, definitely wanted to, um, you know, maybe a quick response to those callers, but the other thing was um, you only got a few minutes. The Delta and Lambda variants, from what I understand, the current vaccines are pretty strong against the Delta. What are we seeing against the Lambda uh, variants? And we only got a few minutes on the show, now, so please give give, give people that information. Well, well so I'm not, I'm not even going to address the callers. I'm, I'm going to say one, one thing. That the average okay. age of the people that died in Massachusetts, right, had underlying uh, conditions. The average age was uh, 66 years old. So if you leave that factor out, right, then you misconstrued the whole study. Another point, in the history of evolution, I've never heard of evolution having a particular direction, going back to the source. That, that, that's not evolution. That's, that's just saying anything. That's. I've never heard that. Okay. Uh, all the evolutionary textbooks, I own hundreds of them. They, right. uh, there is no direction to evolution. So a virus can't go back to the source. That's like saying you well, can go ask, back to being real quick. Let me ask this real quick. Real, real quick question. I'll let you finish. Quick question. Quick question. So um, the way I understood it was if, if, if the hypothesis is that, the, that this was manipulated, that that might be why you see it going in one direction. Because I understand what you're saying, that evolution on its own doesn't have a direction. I think the hypothesis that we're hearing from Jack is that if this has been manipulated, it, this is this might be one of the results. So I don't know if he's necessarily saying that's what it is. He's just saying if you keep watching it and if it does that, that might be due to their hypothesis that manipulation may happen. I'm not saying that's what it is, but that's how I understood right. that perspective of why he was saying it. Go ahead, Brother Arnold. So, so let me clean that up. So all of us have canines okay. in our home. And, and all living canines trace their origin back to the gray wolf. 
at no point will your canine in your house, right, go back to being the great wolf. Remember, you got natural selection, which occurs in nature, and artificial selection, where human beings actually manipulate, like uh, domestication, breeding, mm-hmm. right? They, they, so, so human beings mm-hmm. can actually curve evolution by using what? Artificial selection. Selecting the breed to look this way. Mix this breed with that breed. That is so in nature that doesn't happen. You even if you thought you could, you couldn't take your canine and breed it back to be a great wolf. That has never happened in the history of, of evolution nor biology. So I, I just want nah, to make a lot of sense. Shout out. No, nah, makes a lot of sense. I respect that. This is what I'm gonna do. Let me do. I've got a minute and a half, and what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna do an extended ten minutes if y'all have time. And people that listen to the actual. Um, after show, they'll be able to catch this 10 minutes. But I do want to make sure that if y'all want to get out any public information, y'all do it at this time. You got 30 seconds if you just want to let people know how they can follow Pseudo Killers. And I'm going to go back to Jack to see if he wants to let people know how they can get access to his research as well and then find out if he has 10 minutes to, you know, stay on for the after after hours, if you will. Uh, so get it out real quick. How do they get in contact with the Pseudo Killers? Then I want to turn it over to Jack as well as our special guest. Uh, type, first of all, go to the Mossy Clan and the science the Science with Sean. So that's the Science with Sean on YouTube, Mossy Clan Warriors. Right, type it in Mossy Clan Warriors. Then type in pseudo killers. Okay, we, we, we dedicate ourselves to scientific literacy and the study of West Africa and just black history in general, you know. So we can uh, you can let Sean uh go ahead and no, I love it. All right. Um, if you will, Jack, anything, do you want to get out any information on how people can follow your research as well? And I don't know, do you have an extra 10 minutes just to have, you know, straight up dialogue between everybody for the after show, if you will? Yeah, sure. But um, we we're actually a closed group and the public okay, gotcha. have availability to it. Okay, gotcha. Now, I respect that. Um, Sean, did, um, I've got 10 seconds. Did we get out everything you needed to get out publicly? Because the last, the last 10 seconds are going to be off air. All right, we've gone off air, so I just wanted to kind of, you know, now y'all can say whatever y'all want. But see, people still, you know, people that are on the phone lines, they can still hear you, and then people that hear the after show will hear this part. So I know I was trying to move the show along, so a lot of conversations got cut off, so thank y'all for being with me and trying to move through the show and get the different information. Um, Jack, one thing I had for you was, um, in a sense, because, again, this didn't really come out on the show, which I was trying to go here, was I know when I was talking about the Delta variant, I didn't even know about the Lambda variant until you kind of shared it with me on my video. But at the time, you were pretty confident about how the virus, I mean, how the vaccines worked against the Delta variant. Um, I don't know if I was well, wrong, I mean, it's, like, you know, listen, you, did, it's, did, you didn't want to say that on the show unless I missed something. No, I, I think that they were starting to see in the past couple of weeks big changes in the effectiveness of where the vaccine was a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, it's, it's a big, and one thing I want to clear up with, with these two gentlemen, because they're, they're really not understanding what I'm saying. Our hypothesis is, or we're leaning towards SARS-CoV-2 is an LAV, which means it, it, it itself is a live attenuated virus. If it is a live attenuated vaccine, not a virus vaccine, if it is a vaccine, it's going to de-attenuate to its original state. So it's not a virus that's going backwards. It's a vaccine that will de-attenuate, just look up de-attenuation of vaccines, to its original form. 
And that's what it looks like from a biological and genomic standpoint. I can give you hundreds of papers and research that shows that's what this looks like, what this is. Is it? Maybe. Can I ask a quick question? And I definitely want to let them respond freely. This is just, I'm, these questions are from my understanding, y'all. I'm not trying to cut y'all off. So what I think I understand is you were talking about this one part where it, it whatever, the, the FCS, or maybe I'm saying it wrong, mm-hmm. whereas maybe, you know, like the Dr. Morgan in North Carolina, I might say his name wrong as well, but that doctor has come up with a way where they can kind of splice it and it not be noticed by people or Absolutely. whatever. So are Just you look saying up that this splice, right, but yeah, okay, but are you suggesting that whatever may have been done, since that's your hypothesis, or you're saying that's what may have turned this into the LAV that I'm here? I'm just trying no, to make sure I'm following this, this, this is, let me explain okay. this really easy because it's something that everybody should spend some time looking into. A, a multitude of programs. And just so you know, I think we're close because the group is under attack from, this, from the CCP, from the Chinese Communist Party. Um, they actually put out a video going crazy on us. Everybody, whether it's the United States, China, I mean, you've got to understand, China and the United States have been cooperating in research for years, and most of it's very good research. It's not bad research. Um, Australia, so forth and so on. We believe that they were working on, and you can find the proof of this. Again, research Dr. Ralph Barrick. We've been trying to work on a pan-coronavirus vaccine. In other words, a vaccine that will treat every coronavirus, MERS, SARS, so forth and so on. During the process of that, we believe that the vaccine, not completed, accidentally escaped. Very simple lab accident. Lab accidents happen all day long. Um, Most of them don't cause any problem, but, but but these do. And that's what we believe this is. It's a live attenuated vaccine. So it's not actually a virus. It's a vaccine against a virus, which has caused a virus because it wasn't completely attenuated. We believe the backbone for that virus was found in a cave in uh, actually a mine shaft in Yunnan in 2013. And, and we, I mean, we can give you tons of scientific knowledge around that. Um, There's a central mechanism that controls immune responses mediated by the interferons. This has that. It has signatures in the genome which indicate protection strategy. It has that. Um, It has viral proteins in the IFN signals. That shows that. Um, It shows a, a kidney cell line RAK4324, which shows that. So all the things in, through genomic study, scientific study, is showing all these things inside here. If you want to read a paper which talks about a TRS transcription leader by Ralph Barrick, it was done in 2018. He invented these processes. So this is not some nefarious bioweapon. It's, they were trying to create a vaccine. There was a lab accident, and I don't think the lab accident happened at WIV either. I think it happened at the, at the Chinese CDC, 
which is actually closer to the fish mar- to the wet market than the WIV is. Um, there's all these strange insertions in the genome, which look like basically they're trying to create a, a, a vaccine. That's what it looks like. Now, China's not going to admit that because China's number one purpose in life is to save face. That's all they care about. There's also a Chinese concept there called mandate of heaven, which we don't think about because we're, we're Western guys. But they believe, you know, natural disasters and things like this, or, you know, signify the gods telling them that the emperor or the ruler is wrong and should be replaced. There's all these extraneous things going on. So if this was a vaccine in progress, then it will revert and go backwards to a deattenuated state. That's a normal process to happen. What's going to happen? Don't know. Um, If Lambda comes here, I mean, we're not going to shut the borders. You know, the borders are at the highest level of, I think it's a million people, in the past six months, it's in Central America, it's in California, um, I think another state is Lambda. We don't know how that's going to react. Let me get, if you will, let me, let me, I'm, I'm curious, I'm curious as to what, I don't know if they stayed on the line because I'm, I'm on my board, but I'm curious to hear what Ankh or Sean may have to say about what you've said, you know, if you, I know you're trying to provide some clarity, so I'm curious to what they may be thinking or if they have any questions, I don't know. If y'all, are y'all still on the line, I'm, brother, or did y'all get off? Yeah, I'm right here. Can you hear me? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Before he goes into the Lambda, I yeah. want to hear what y'all had to – yeah, what's your thoughts? I don't – yeah, I'm curious to hear what y'all are hearing. I think I, 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 think I got – yeah, what I'm hearing is personal opinion, and I want to keep it proper as possible, but I'm trying to figure out, like, where is this coming from? Like, that backbone that he talked about, we talked about that. They haven't found that nowhere in the, that that particular lab, Munam, wasn't even working on that. So we don't we, we, we find that backbone in nature, but we don't find that or, or them remotely working close to anything like that in the lab. And I think that's the point I wanted to bring up on the live show that for that to even escape out the lab, they would have had to been at least working with something close to that. They don't even have that. No evidence of that. that they publish papers, right, uh, with, with corresponding back and forth with the scientists. They don't have that in there. Do you, do you really believe that China, do you really believe China is going to upload? Jack, I never cut you off, Jack. Jack, please do not cut me off, bro. I let you talk. Let me finish my point out. I'm saying is I'm not working off belief, Jack. I'm working off the fact that scientists have relationships with each other. Even when governments break down. Scientists have relationships. They don't want to be in the politics of it. They're torn apart. As a matter of fact, if Trump would have had some sense and, and worked with the scientific community in China, they would have given up all the information we needed to figure it out. But based off of the sticking out the chest and talk crazy, it is broken down talk with government. And the scientists agree. They're still talking, though, Jack. So I, it's not based off what I believe. You know and I know, right, based off the people that you claim you work with, they should have contacts scientists in China. So I'm not working off belief. I'm simply saying we only know what we know, and right now we know that that backbone that you talked about, the DNA sequences that would allow them to even uh, uh, tinker with that particular virus to allow it to escape, 
they don't even they wasn't even working with them in the bag. But go ahead, Sean. Oh, Sean's not there. Do you really believe that China yeah, uploaded every sequence they have into GenBank? I, I don't know, Jack. Would you, do, do I you mean, know do you, you really did? believe that? I don't know. Of course no, they did. I don't didn't. believe anything. I don't know. I don't know. Do you know? Do you, you also know? do you also know that they took their data bank offline <clears throat> in January of last year? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, listen. Uh, again, I respect the hell out of the fact that you're looking. I respect the hell out of the fact of your intelligence. You got to go way deeper to start to put some of these lines together. You're not wrong. I'm not saying you're not wrong. But if I'm not holding to the fact that I'm 100% right, and I'm not holding to that point, you can't be either. Oh, hold and on, I'm also you. saying. Hold on one second, Dad. You got to unmute uh, Sean. Oh, okay, my bad. Uh, yeah, and another thing that we were always saying before we had a break, are you familiar with the entire situation that occurred with the miners in 2013? The miners that got Yeah, and we're the, we are the ones who found the Chinese thesis. Do not entertain it. We're, we're the ones who right. found it. Uh, we we you, One of my guys... One of my guys, okay. the speaker, actually found the thesis. And it was the thesis that really changed the whole complexion here because every, we have their medical records, we have their CAT scans, we have their X-rays, we have everything. Something happened there. And that was a zoonotic event. So the question, and if you go there and you look since then, you're talking... 40,000 samples in one region. Why? Because they found something there. And it's a natural, and I mean, to just to assume or to believe that China is on the up and up with anybody, I mean, it's just absurd. It's just no, it's not even a possibility. You know, something like that becomes a state secret. When you think of the possibility, if this was zoonotic, right, there's a lot of things that are going to have to be proven for it to be zoonotic. And a lab leak doesn't even necessarily mean manipulation. But you're not, you know, you're refusing to hear that. They could have yeah, found a sample. They, they could have found a sample in the wild. And by the way, December 2nd of 19, of 18, or not, 18, they actually had moved the CDC, the Chinese CDC, to a new building. All it's going to take is a thought-out sample that could have been H2H already to start this whole thing rolling. You know, I mean, it's just, there's so much going on here, so much in-depth insanity going on here. First thing you can't believe is any government, whether it's the U.S., especially not China, or anybody else. And, you know, going back to, you know, Dr. Gary, what I want you to do after we hang up, right, is I want you to Google search Dr. Gary and grants and look at how many millions and millions and millions of dollars he's pulled in from the NIH. So if the NIH's situation is going to be zoonotic, he's going to say zoonotic. So would you. So would I. 
If the NIH says lab leak, he's going to say a lab leak because you don't bite the hand that feeds, right? You don't walk up to your boss and say, fuck you. So all these guys so, are just dirtbags, all of them. So, 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 Jack, one question, Jack. Why would you actually interject that? When you huh? interject that, that you, you're actually interjecting doubt. And we're, we're, we're talking science. We're not worrying about political climate. We're not worried about... Yeah, you have to worry about that because you, you're, ba- you're, ba- you're thinking science is purely based upon a paper someone wrote. These papers are influenced by money and politics. All of them. Uh, hold on, Jack. Hey, Montoya, you, you, you leaving them out again. No, no, I'm going to let him back in. He was just busy getting the background talking, so Sean, you can you hear me now? I'm about to let you back in. Yeah, I'm about to let you back in, brother. So, uh, Sean, I'm about to let you back in. I was you, you were just talking, so I put you back on mute. Sorry about that. All right, go ahead, um, Sean. What I what I want to say real quick, okay, is first the Massachusetts study proved the vaccines work. The brother has said what he said on. We not yeah we not we not on they not on. I understand that. I understand that. I understand, but he said I lied. So that was that. No no I want to make sure that that's clear. That there were zero deaths. Okay. That's evidence. Yeah, it's just not on the show, bro. So I just want you to get and on the conversation. I know, I know. And Bears reporting, and Bears reporting is not twelve thousand; it's six thousand. Okay. So we want to make sure that we're, when we're dealing with stuff, that we're 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 keeping it honest. And I don't think the public knows that. So in the conversation that we're having right now, we're 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 going too far down a rabbit hole regarding this whole concept of a lab leak. If you have the evidence. It has not been presented, and it's two years. The further away that we get from from 2019, November, late November 2019, we're we're losing ground. So we have to be honest in that assertion. This whole this whole conversation is about data. It's not about personal feelings. It's not about beliefs. It's about data. What we can show, what we can demonstrate, which allows us to prove. We don't have it. We have to be honest in okay, the assessment fair. and I mean, say, say what we have and what we this. don't have. So what I just yeah, here it is, here it is. What you just said is fair. Just keep in mind I wasn't doing you know, just throwing this out. I wasn't doing a scientific only conversation on the show from this standpoint. Because to a sense, we still have to be able to take our data and bring it to real world. So so here's because this is these are just questions I would have from this standpoint. Like yeah, if you were just saying, do you have the information to prove, or like even what y'all are saying to Jack right now, which is cool. Like, I don't think he's saying I have the scientific data at this point, but some of these questions is how a lot of times conspiracies in the past have been cut, uncovered is because scientists do keep pushing the envelope on does this make sense. So when you ask him why would he interject it, here's my opinion, and Jack can speak for itself, but I'm just telling you how I'm reading it, is it's from the perspective of, what does it mean for us in the real world, and um, and 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 you're still waiting for now. The thing I understood. Tell me this is all. It doesn't mean anything uh, in the real world, though, Montoya. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Because the virus is here. The the virus is here. It it has no now. The real world effect is that we're in the middle of a we're in the middle of a pandemic. The virus is here. The whole notion of trying to prove a family. The whole, the whole notion of trying to prove a lab leak is, is irrelevant because it's here. People have died. People are getting sick. 
people are did, getting infected, reinfected, right, right, and right, otherwise. Right, right, right. But did you did you so, hear? Did so you hear him say we're trying to have a conversation? That's what we're missing. Yeah, no, no, like no, 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 no. I'm not dismissing that. It's I'm not a conversation. Not trying to be scientific yeah. to that degree. Yeah, no, 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 it's no. Just I understand. In the conversation. I, I, what I'm saying from a right. real world perspective, from a real world perspective, it has no credence to a lay person. Because we still we're trying to figure out how to still go to work. Well, I get it, but right now it's just us, dog. Like let's have a conversation. Yeah, but listen, listen. You know, you're okay. saying you want to have a conversation about science. I'll be glad to have that conversation with you purely on science. You know, and it's like you know, I mean, if, if we're talking about. Oh, come away from No, 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 no for my regular show, bro. You know, you feel me like to a degree. That's not who. That's not who. That's not who. Now, for instance, so let me talk. So let me throw my thing. I can say the racist government that enslaved black people is definitely trying to kill us. I can throw my opinion in that. But that don't mean a hill of beans because that does not have to apply to No, black I'm not beans. disagreeing. Uh, uh, what I'm saying is for this, right, this I'm after hours. I just did all that, though, Montoya. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? I know. Just hear, hear me out, brother. Just hear me out one second. For this after hour part, you say, I, you say, I got this information. And Dad says, I got this right. information. Now we're just saying, hey. Are you, do you trust the Chinese government? So we just, he just saying to you as a brother, like, just you talking. Oh, like, yeah, do yeah, you trust yeah, 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 it's I, like we just have yeah, a thought, after hours. It's just, uh, us, yeah, I'm saying get out of what we're, we're in the after hours. We're just the four of us just having a conversation. So so he's yeah, not presenting I, do you trust the Chinese government and some type of scientific thing. He's just asking you, based, you know, I, I and know, he, but, he's saying here's why my group is still researching this. It's not a, he's, and he said I'm not trying to say I'm 100% right. He's just having a at this point, it's just a discussion between us. No, I mean, you're, you're, you're so saying that, you know, not presenting scientific evidence. You know, uh, let's say this is an LAV, all right? Let's say this is. First of all, there are circuit breakers inside LAVs, which, which is really interesting here, and that makes no sense, is this genome has an IFN hypersensitivity, which the first SARS didn't. When the first SARS, you know, still, they want to say pangolins, whatever. And there's viral proteins in the IFN, that would be affected by attenuation, like the NSP3. Right, so why is that in there? There's truncation changes in the ORF6. That doesn't make any sense. There's bat immortalized kidney cell line expressing HAC. That doesn't make any sense. The QTQPN is a mode of proximal to the FCS. That doesn't make any sense. So there's purely scientific genomic things inside this genome that doesn't make any sense unless you are creating a, a, a vaccine. That's that's the interesting thing, you know. Uh, even the uh, CPG, I think, yeah, the CPG uh, is different than SARS or MERS, which looks like it's trying to be attenuated. So everything inside this genome, scientifically, right? Scientifically, looks like it's trying to create a vaccine, and. But Jack, you, I, hold on, Jack. Let me hold on for a minute, Jack. Let me let me make this point. Here. You are insinuating a whole lot. Within no, I'm not. I'm reading blast. Yeah, sure. You're let not reading blast. Hold on, let me finish. Let me let me finish. I can read a blast like you can read a blast, but neither one no, of you can. Yeah, yes, I can. No more than you can. Bring up blast. Bring up blast right now. You Jack. Well, we can blast it right now, and I'll blast it right now. We'll both blast it at the same time. Let me finish my point, though, Jack. The point I want to make, and I'm serious with this point right here, right? We're in a conversation. I'm thinking you already know, and I'm not going to interject what I feel. 
okay? We can, you sign only knows what it knows, and we rely on the experts. So for my conversation, it might not be for yours, when you make the statement that you're making, we should be allowed to read the data that you're claiming you're privy to. Let's push this particular envelope. You set out your mouth that it's your group of scientists that is actually pushing the envelope. I looked at one of the scientists, one of the guys. As a matter of fact, his name was, I'll give you his name, for the conversation, I actually looked at it, right? My little research, right? I looked at it. And hold on, let me, I, I, I want to get his name correct here, right? And, and I think the conversation, we probably should have just did a whole day, uh, what they would say, what, a part two. Charles uh, uh, Rexby, am I yeah, saying he, that right? He's, he's not a scientist. Right, he's not a scientist. So then, he's just he's just a data guy. So okay, so you you, you respect his opinion? No, I don't. He just he just collects information. So, so, so he, let me just. I'm, I'm trying I'm to add clarity. I'm trying to ask some. I'm not trying to ask some clarity. So this is what I'm hearing, and y'all tell me if y'all not hearing this. And this is me just listening. I'm just trying to listen, but. I think I, I just all I think I heard Jack say was, "Here's why our group is curious." This, that's just being shared with you, not making a a, a point. So I, I think I think the, I think y'all are hearing him say, "Here's why we're curious," because these things don't make sense. I think y'all are hearing him make a point that disagrees with you. I think he's I think he's just pointing out why the group is going down this path. And, and, and am, so I, am, I, am I understanding you, Jack? Or am I understanding you? Yeah, no, no, we, no, we, we don't. We, a lot of one and one doesn't come up to two. And as long as one and one don't come up to two, listen, the easiest thing in the world, <clears throat> the best thing in the world, I mean, you've got another problem here that we didn't even touch on. If this thing builds an animal reservoir, which it's starting to build, and if that reservoir can kick back, back to human, We've got an even bigger problem, and 40% of the deer in the United States are currently infected. So it's building an animal reservoir. We've got all kinds of problems going on. We've done such massive, massive, massive research, not just going through Google or the Internet. I mean, these are scientists using BLAST. These are scientists using all their expertise that they've had for millions of years and some of them leave me in the dust on a day-to-day basis because they're so far advanced. Uh, one of these guys, Deyu, the kind of things that he can come up with, he's like the rain man of, of, of fucking genomics. He's unbelievable. None of the answers are coming up correctly. They're not coming up correctly for zoonosis. Right, and let me, let me, not, let me, let me, let me I want to let the brother speak as well. I want Uncle Sean to speak as well. So but as I hear you say that, um, Jack, I, am I not hearing you just saying, hey, Here's what we're seeing. Here's what we're curious. Here's what we're curious about. This is why we're going on this path. And I'm just sharing it with you guys. I don't think you're yeah. making a point to say that they're wrong, that these guys are wrong right now. You're no, just saying, they could be hey, a thousand percent they, right. This is the shit that we're curious about. And that one, because you said to me that if you find some of the things that I hear Unc and Sean saying, you will easily be like, okay, that's what it is. You're just saying why. You're just sharing with these guys why you're curious. You're not trying to make a point right now. Am I no, wrong? I'm not trying. I'm not. I'm not trying to contest the position or tell them that right. That's what, I, that's, wrong. that's what I'm thinking. Getting misunderstood here, right? You know, now. Their, their, their position could be a thousand percent right. It's getting misunderstood because we keep getting cut off. That's why it's really getting misunderstood. Okay, to, uh, okay, that's part of it. But I'm just okay. saying. I feel like. Right. I think, but did you hear what he just said? I don't see Jack getting cut point. off though. 
I don't see Jack get cut off in the middle of his conversation at okay, all. Can we, but I'm, I'm just saying that if we're not, if he's not making a I'm point, confused. can we have a dialogue about he's just saying these are the things that yeah, Curie is but, about? But and I want to hear what y'all think about be, it. Yes, but you and Jack are the only two people on the show, you can do a poll, that actually thinks that Jack don't really think that what he's saying is correct or remotely closer to the truth. What's than he being what correct? He's saying over and over. He doesn't know if it's correct. I don't understand what you say. Why are you saying that? He's on the show right that he's not saying it's correct. I told you. I told you. Every person he brings out, anti-Fauci, anti-government, and it all points to one thing, Montoya. Like, I can't keep saying that I love white people. But everything I talk about is talking about what they did, what they didn't do. At a certain point, you start saying, well, that's interesting. I can't say that, I'm, I, I, that I don't mind the homosexual community, but everything I say is anti-homosexual community. At a certain point, you're going to look at me like, but everything you say supports the idea that you're actually against the homosexual community. I, I don't know why you're not understanding that, Montoya. Because I, I, I don't understand the science enough to know that. That's the honest truth. Oh, okay. I'm being oh, straight up with you right now, bro. Right. I like that. You yeah, know yeah. to me, it I'm sounds like I got just being curious yeah, about these it. things that don't add up. So I'm being yep, honest. I got you. Yep. That's why I'm saying to you. I thought that's what. That's why I thought the dialogue was. I didn't. I don't know that these things are anti this because I don't understand it today. Yeah, yeah I hear the whole piece. Yeah, I don't. Right, but I didn't. So that's why you got to understand where I'm coming from. All the from. extra information. It was information put in there that had no bearing on the conversation, but it, it's made to look that way. I mean, I appreciate Jack though. Jack, Jack, know what he? Jack, understand science. Be around it. I, I man, I, I yearn for a conversation like this on a daily basis. I ain't mad. To be honest with you, I think we got a fair shake at it. Yeah. So, I, just I so are you saying that those things that he's saying, saying don't I'm, add up or not things the that things they should be saying about? Is un, the things he's saying is unfounded. He don't have the data to back that up. There is no data of anything walking out of the lab. They won't produce the data. I hear the conversation, where is the data? We can produce the data on the other side that would make you lean towards that. That's the point that we're making right here. There is no data. Where's the data that shows that he was even working with that particular backbone in that lab? Or, or promote, you got to at least be 98% close before you can even start messing with the genome. So well, where is that data? There is no data that points towards that. There is no data for none of that. It's just good talk right now. So I'm not mad at the challenge because that's what science is. It's self-correcting. But I don't like the way it's being presented as if they got the data. Well, it looks that way. It looks that way. It looks, okay, that's cool. But where's the data that shows that it looks that way? That's all I'm saying. Maybe I'm telling you, you like to blast it and you'll I, see it. I'm telling you, blast okay. it and you'll see it. So why, okay, you're going to publish that? Blast it. Blast the genome of SARS-CoV-2 and look at it. You'll see everything I'm talking about. Something doesn't look right. That doesn't mean it's 100% correct. That doesn't mean it's 100% not. And what I also said to you, but you didn't want to hear because you're taking this personal and it's not, is something happened to the miners that was zoonotic. So the question becomes, was a sample taken from that mine shaft stored in Wuhan and thawed out accidentally? And is that the actual virus? If that's the case, 
then there is then it's a zoonotic virus. If that's not and the other point is, I don't believe I don't think anybody should believe that any sequence that China has is randomly stored on GenBank. Um, I mean, I can bring you into the whole RATG thirteen four nine nine one controversy, which is unbelievable. How they had those genomes since 2013 and didn't upload them until after the pandemic, which is just remarkable. And when they uploaded RATG 13, and 13 means 2013, right? It's so altered and so bizarre looking that it could only be a consensus sequence. So a lot of these things I'm talking about, there's tremendous proof and validation for that are scientific and the data is there. But you have to really go deep, really deep from a scientific side. Fortunately, I have 27 people who do that because they smoke me intellectually. It's the only time in my life I've ever felt fucking ignorant. And I'm not <laughs> ignorant. Right? But, the, you know, these but, guys... Yeah, These guys yeah, yeah, yeah. are of of an intellect and, and a specialty, right? It's a specialty because what they do is very, 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 very specific and have done it their whole life, right? Yeah. So when I look at what, you know what these I, guys can do. Hold on, Jack. Hold on, Jack. Watch this. You know what I appreciate? And I'm going to have to leave the conversation. What I appreciate is, is that with science, it's not even based off of who the smartest is. It's not, it's not based off of that. That's why I love science. It's based off of who can show repeatedly what they're saying. That's why I love science. So if these guys are that intelligent, then they need to publish the work and allow the rest of us to read the data. Those that are qualified in, in biology and biologists, right, publish the work. Then you'll say, well, wait a minute. They well, actually, 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 actually. I know something's actually, something there. I know something's something there. We we have the first we have the first there are published papers and peer reviewed papers from the group. You just haven't found them. Look at Rosanna Segretto's, Doctor Segretto, Doctor Dinan. Um, I mean, there are published papers. Um, Doctor Mona Rahul. I mean, look look at these. They exist. They're published and peer reviewed. I know where they at. I know where we're at. You can find them. You could. If you want me to give Montoya a link, yeah, I'll give you a link. Yeah, send it to Montoya. Yeah, see that. But, you know, yeah, but they're, they're published and peer reviewed. But this, you know, yeah, this fine. feels like this feels like a. Uh, there's nothing I gain if this was a lab leak. There's nothing you gain if this was zoonotic, right? The fact is, I agree. It's, I totally agree. it's still a it's still a fucking disaster, no matter which way you look at it, right? Yep. The I'm only thing that needs to happen is if it is zoonotic, right, then we spent about $70 billion on a complete failure because PREDICT, NIAID, EcoHealth, all of them have been funded for fucking decades to prevent this from happening, especially PREDICT. It was their job to find Potential spillovers. So you're not familiar with uh, Peter Hotez. You're not you're not familiar with Peter Hotez. Peter Dayzak or Peter who, which no, one? Peter Hotez. Peter Peter Hotez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he yeah he's pretty thorough with it. Remember, he lost funding, so he was already but, working on coronaviruses. 
So I'm saying it's not like it's a net like we we human beings have been in the arms race against viruses since the first day we evolved on planet Earth. You know what? You know what it sounds to me like, and, and Montoya can tell you, right? He knows me pretty well. I have no political party at all. I, I can't first. tell though, Jack. I can't tell. Yeah, Jack. because this is what Jack. you believe. You believe I'm a Republican, Jack. and you're wrong, right? You're wrong about that. No, I don't. For I don't, instance, thought, I don't think he's a Republican. Well, you just said you don't believe that. For instance, no, I, said, I don't believe that you don't have a political stance. I don't. I don't. I, I voted Democrat. I voted Republican. I vote whoever I feel like at the moment that that person best expressed what I want. Yeah, now, I, have say, I, carry, I carry your same sentiments, Jack. So I'm not Listen, a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I want you to you know. If, if, you're on the same if side Obama the was side. able to have a third term, this would have never happened. Yep, because Obama was in that area. Well, Obama was completely aware of all of the dangers of studying any of this, whether it be gain of function or whether it just be predict or things like that. And when I talk about Fauci, who I think is a fucking moron, right, he, <laughs> went, against, he went against Obama. He completely subterfuged Obama. Obama put a moratorium on gain of function. Fauci said, fuck that and channeled it through EcoHealth. Obama saw exactly what was going on. And we should I wish we had a third term with Obama. So, you know, we've got big problems here. And I hate and didn't the, support didn't do game of function. That wasn't, that wasn't considered game of function. You supposed to know that, Jack. That wasn't game of function. He just said it a million times. Yes, it was game, game of function. Of function. Oh, yes, it was game of function. Stop oh, reading just the internet. Go deeper. Not, though, right? No, I'm just saying, so hold on. I'm just saying, so so Ferrauti actually said it wasn't Game of Fauci. I just want to make sure that he said that. He said that, am I correct? When he argued with the Fauci, senator, yeah, but listen, Fauci's full of shit about everything. When Fauci came out and screamed for him, Desivere was a game changer, <laughs> which it's not, if you remember him saying that, and you could go find that on YouTube. Found out, you know, Fauci screaming Rendisavir is a game changer. It did nothing. It's not used. And if you want to figure out why he said it was a game changer, it's because the NIH and Barrick co-owned the patent on it. Go do research on that. Rendisavir is garbage. And Fauci screamed that it was a game changer. So can I make this point, though? And I'm going to end with this point. It's yeah, called yeah, I'm close it out as well. Sorry. I don't know, Sean, if you're still there. No, he, he got mad and left. It's called it's called the okay. SARS. It's called it's called the novel SARS coronavirus two, right? Based off of that word novel, meaning for the first time in the history of humanity that this particular virus and pathogen has attacked humanity or has attacked the immune system. So scientists are learning on the fly. So one moment Tarasi could say, "Yeah, we need the mask," and then next week he say, "No." Right, one week is transmitted to touching items. The next week is airborne. So you know science like I do, right? They are allowed to change their mind based off of more available evidence. So the conversation is a great conversation. I appreciate it, right? Watch out for those who misconstrued the gray area. Watch out for those who misconstrued and misunderstand science and think that because one minute I say we don't need a mask. The next minute I say it, then all of a sudden, I didn't know what the hell I was talking about. No, we're being faced with a novel 
disease. Appreciate you, Montoya. Appreciate you, Dad. It's a great conversation, man. I appreciate the level of wisdom. Have a good weekend, man. Appreciate you, Montoya, for having me here, man. Appreciate y'all, man. Hey, hey, thank y'all for being willing to dialogue and do this. Uh, Thank y'all for being willing to dialogue. Yeah, appreciate that, Montoya. Appreciate y'all. No, I appreciate you. I, I like well, the way you did that, Montreal. You think? All right, man. Peace. No, thanks a lot. All right, thanks a Be lot. Be good. Man. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, no doubt.